If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cut away coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or rumbarellas in their mitts. Coming soon, this summer, at theaters everywhere, opening weekend, Rated R. Welcome to the opening weekend Halloween Spectacular! <laughs> oh. Oh, hi everybody. <laughs> I'm Jason O'Connell. And I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa, and it is Halloween! Yay! Halloween! Halloween. Halloween. It's very scary! <laughs> Halloween! Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week we are celebrating Halloween. We are going to celebrate the holiday by diving into our respective lists of our top 10 favorite Halloween movies of all time. They can be creepy, kooky, altogether spooky, scary, gory, funny, hoary, whatever floats. <laughs> Whatever floats our individual boats when it comes to this particular holiday. And we are also going to be traveling back to October 25th, 1978, and the John Carpenter classic, Halloween. But before we dig into the weekend's big release with all the fervor of Lucy Van Pelt carving a pumpkin on a Charlie Brown holiday special, where were we all in October of 1978? Oh, I was getting ready to start kindergarten. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a baby. I was a baby. I had just turned five on October 6th. Oh. And I was getting ready to start. I had just started kindergarten. Yeah. So I, I got through those days of, you know. Crying and waiting, watch, waiting for my mother to come pick me up. And we had half days, so I was in the more. I yeah. was in the AM kindergarten. I was in AM kindergarten with Mrs. Cruzen, mm -hmm. who had a piano hey in the room. She would play. She was cruising just like Al Pacino. <laughs> she may have been Al Pacino. I hope did, she was. Did she have the sling from the movie? <laughs> she would bust that out at nap time. Okay. The the the. The, uh, she had a piano in the room and we'd sing songs and we'd have nap time and everything and snack time. I would bring, uh, uh, here's what I would bring. I would bring, I would bring Ritz crackers with slices of Velveeta. Ritz crackers mm. with slices of Velveeta. That would be the snack that I would bring. Now, when I matured, here's a tip for the kids. Heat up a little Chef Boyardee beefaroni. Spoon mm. that on there. <laughs> so you get a Ritz cracker, a little bit of, a little Velveeta, a, a, a teaspoon of beefaroni. You can also replace the Velveeta with Wisp Pride. If you like, pour, if you're fancy like me, you like port wine cheese, shove that all fancy. in your mouth at once. There's nothing, there is no 
better snack than that triple layer snack. And then you finish that off with a good old nap time with Ms. Cruzen. Oh Forget my about God. it. That's a party. I was very into uh I was very into the Magic Garden at this time. Yes. Did you guys have Magic Garden? Of course. Oh my God. You know Magic Garden's yeah, coming com- back. Yeah, they're coming back. You You're know, fucking kidding me. No. Yeah. You're kidding me. They're still alive? Yes. Yeah. And they they've got to be in much there. older. They really don't look crazy. They don't You're look that much. Kidding. They must be 60 years old Mick, or something. Car- Miss Carol and Miss Paula, right? I'm going to blow Paula? both of your minds. I'm going to blow both of your minds. Go ahead. For a short period of time. You didn't date one of them. Tell me you dated one of them. <laughs> no, I was you dating dated Paula's daughter. Did you? What? Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah, no, no, not at Did all. Did she have Love the her. chuckle patch still? And you, by that, I mean. Oh, my. Hey. and <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, when did you date ha- Paula's daughter and why? To get to Sherlock, the, the pink g- squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> was Sherlock pink? He was pink. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the Magic Garden. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? It was amazing. And I don't think I realized that she was Paula's daughter, daughter until afterwards or during. I don't remember, but yeah, we, we <laughs> met them. Um, afterwards or during what? Yeah. Did it, were there, <laughs> were there <laughs> locks on Storybox? That's the question. <laughs> Or, oh God! No, she was uh, access. She was a lovely, lovely, lovely girl. Um, That's wonderful. But you didn't meet the mother. You didn't meet. Paula. I never met the mom. No, oh, that would have been that would have been very exciting. Because yeah, I mean, who didn't love the Magic Garden? Oh, that was, that, so that was like a tri-state area thing, right? That's what I was just going to ask. I was that more so. of a New York, New Jersey thing? That wasn't Nate. Oh, so our listeners in Tuscaloosa won't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, like no. Sheila won't know she, unless she crossed over, you know, state uh, lines at some unless point. Unless she comes over to Staten youth. Island, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she would know. Um, yeah, I think it was a tri-state area thing. Okay, but Captain Kangaroo, he was nationwide, no? That was national, yeah. Oh, it was? was? I think so. Captain Kangaroo, I think, was. Loved the, him as well. Loved Bob Yeah, I was a big fan. Magic Garden was like on WPIX or something. It was like oh, on definitely. one of the, the syndicated stations. So, you know, I think that's that. Whenever I hear WPIX, got to do that's that. what people would do when they would call in, right? You'd have to call in. There, there was like a, that was like oh, yeah. the video game of the day. You'd and it was Atari. so exciting. Yeah, there was like a number that said, call this in. And it was, it was like an asteroids where you had to shoot the asteroids before they hit the earth. And to do that, mm-hmm. you would have to say picks really fast because every time you said picks. I remember that now. Your <gasps> voice automated the laser to shoot or something. So that oh was the God. thing. You'd wait. You'd wait for the number. There's the commercial. Then we'd quickly call, you know, with the rotary, like, <laughs> zing, 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 and then you get through. And then if you oh did get God. through, you would just have to go, pick, 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 I totally yeah. forgot that, Fred, and now I'm uh, remembering it vividly. Because yeah, it was absurd and ridiculous. And I know. I never did it. I never called to do it, but I did. I remember you would watch it on TV. You would see yeah. kids doing it. And I was like, you know, I was living vicariously through this. Like, I was like, yeah, maybe they'll share their winnings with me. <laughs> um, but I Why do did you call that. in? You couldn't call in? I just don't think I, I don't even know if it, it didn't interest me enough to call. I you never did that older. kind of thing. No, it was yeah, <laughs> a little older, second grade. Uh, <laughs> it was beyond it at that point. No, no. Uh, um, no, no the, uh, the thing that would, would uh, that in the middle of Tom and Jerry or whatever, we would come home and watch at the end of the day. Um, you know, Woody Woodpecker, whatever was on PIX, they would always throw in, this is an editorial reply. And I would start crying. Because I didn't know, I was scared of that man. The pick, the picks man. He would, he would, he was like the station manager. I don't know what the fuck he was, but he was in a suit and tie. He looked yeah. like the principal of our school, of Kennedy Park School. He looked like uh, Doctor Patton, and I would cry. 
because I was like, I don't like him. That's how much of a wuss I was. I cried wow. at a television man who was saying in the middle of Woody, Woody, Woody Woodpecker, this is a WPIX editorial reply. I also cried when they would do the test. This is a test of the emergency broadcast. <laughs> oh, that was scary. That was that fucking was scary. scary as fuck. Yeah. You thought you were going to get nuked. You yeah. Know? I mean, it just it seemed like an air raid thing. Oh, so I still get scared. We, I heard that the other day on the radio. I was going to to uh, to the dentist and it came on the radio and it still terrifies me. Because yeah, you're, like, you're, like, you're like, why, why, why are they testing that? Uh, exactly. Why does that need to be tested? Why does that need to be tested at 1 p.m. in the middle of the day? <laughs> you can't test that at night when we're all asleep? Why they have an editorial reply in the middle of Woody Woodpecker at 3 in the <laughs> afternoon? No kid wants to know what they think of... What <laughs> they think of local bill 847. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The other thing that would scare, and this is good for Halloween, that would send me screaming, running from the room. I know what you're going to say. The Haunted Mansion at yes! Long Branch. Long Branch. <laughs> that fucking terrified oh me. Oh my God. Wasn't there, like, wasn't there a guy with an axe and there was a lot of he bloody- He would run at the screen and That's chase right. the kids out of the Haunted Mansion yes, and yes, then go yes. at the screen. I would run from the room. There was no reason for that to be on television in the middle of the afternoon. That, that would come a- on when we were like watching Barney Miller and <laughs> it was fucking- <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, that, was, yes. that was scarier than Wojohowicz <laughs> coming at you. Uh, or Ron Glass. Uh, not as scary as Jack Sue. For, for yeah, I was going to say, let's not even talk about Nick. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, no. As soon as you started to, to say what really scared me, oh. I knew you were going to go there, the Haunted Mansion of Long Branch. That oh commercial God. terrified me too. Oh, my God. We had... Uh, you had that. You had well. We we would watch. Oh, and Saturday morning cartoons were big at this time. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. Friends was on. Thundar oh, yeah. the Barbarian. Thundar. We would have. Uh, what's the other one? Captain uh, Caveman wasn't he on at this yeah. point? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Captain uh, Caveman. He was my favorite. Captain Caveman <gasps> and Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong Fooey, number one super guy. He, that and that's uh, that's uh, Scamman Crothers, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, Thundercats. Yep. Oh my gosh! This was a blissful time. This was a nice time. Yeah. I think this was I loved it. I, lo- I I I love 1978. This was I love. I mean, second grade is still probably to this day my favorite year of uh, <gasps> uh, my favorite year of elementary school. Certainly, oh, like yeah. my favorite my favorite teacher. Her name was Mrs. McSwiggin. She was the sweetest, <laughs> sweetest woman. She looked like she looked like Mia Farrow in Rosemary's Baby. She had this little pixie cut, <laughs> and she. <laughs> And she wore these, she had like these hip little, she was just a very crunchy granola, liberal, sweet little <laughs> woman. She had these, uh, these furry Ugg boots that she would wear every day. She had like stuffed animals in the classroom and had like, and she would give every morning, she'd hug the kids. Hello. Like, I mean, like not like anything I'd ever experienced before or after, like Aww. every kid she, she hugged and she would at the end of every day mm-hmm. when they were going home, everybody would line up and she would like zip them into their jackets and put their scarf on. Oh, for she was sake. the sweetest, best teacher. And that was such a fun, fun year of school. I loved it. I loved my friends. I loved just all the dynamics of the classroom. It was, it was great. She was really wonderful. And I got to do this thing that I, uh, she was so encouraging of whatever, if you had any kind of interests or talents or whatever, she was just a very encouraging teacher. And we used to, I remember second grade very vividly, my favorite subject was uh, vocabulary because vocabulary, <laughs> basically what that was, you know, we have a list of words, definitions, and then use them in a sentence. And our homework would be, <laughs> we would have a list of words and she'd be like, okay, go find out what these are and use them in a sentence. And she had said in passing once, she said, and you can 
you know, if you want to illustrate your sentence, you know, oh, I could say like something, go. blah, 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 with the a flower. The was born. Uh, and I, you know, and, and she'd be like, you can draw a little picture of a flower or a puppy dog. Or whatever. Draw whatever you want. And, you know, and then I would be like, Free okay, rain. well, then I would, uh, she kind of, like, I would write sentences. I would use the vocabulary word, but the sentences were basically little stories and they always had the Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man. It was like, you know, whatever the, whatever the word was, basket. The Incredible Hulk went to the store to get a basket to put his Easter eggs in. And then I would draw. And and, it, and my homework became like 10 pages long because I would, I would like, I would set room for myself to draw these epic scenarios of the Hulk and whoever doing whatever. And so I would each getting page, his Easter eggs. Yeah, so I'd have this, I'd have this a page of loose leaf paper, and at the bottom, I'd have my name at the top, and then at, somewhere towards the middle or bottom, I would think in my head, how much room do I need for the can, the sprawling canvas of my oh mind? My and I would be like, okay, maybe seven or eight lines down on the page. I'd write oh. one, and then I'd write the sentence, and then above it, I would draw this thing, and that's how I did my so homework. You planned it out. So, you planned out your piece of paper i would i would i would it's like you're doing mad magazine already and i would and i would have handed it and she was so nice she loved it and she'd give me stars and stickers and all this stuff and i was like you know i I mean i was like it's great i just get to like make up stories about superheroes and you know and she she was just the best she was lovely and this was she sounds amazing and this was also in 1978 this halloween was the the one halloween I remember, I vividly remember my costume and that it was not a superhero related costume. I was Paul Stanley from Kiss. That was my yes. costume. Nice. Yes. You were the star man. I was going to say, the he's the space man. man. Or, no, he's the star man. He has the one star. Yeah. He has yeah. the one star. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. And I love that costume. You know, it was one of those Ben Cooper, you know, like you know, store bought oh, costumes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, with the mask and I I just loved it. And I the rubber it. band that ate into your face and your yeah. skin. <laughs> and it's so funny though, because I say it was my one non-superhero costume. I must have li- I liked Kiss because they looked like superhero. They looked oh, yeah, like they characters look like in the comic book. book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So my birthday is a few months later, right? And for my birthday, kids come over to my house. They bought, I got every Kiss album, <laughs> vinyl, eight track, everything. That was, my, and then I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Played two seconds. Of, I was like, I don't like this. You don't like things that scared you. I put Kiss on. I played the eight track of Kiss. I didn't have, I didn't have an eight track player in my bedroom, but I had that little robot toy, a uh, 2XL. Did you ever have that? <gasps> oh yeah. Jason, I, I had 2XL and I loved it. I loved 2XL. That was a big part of, of 1978 for me, second grade. Big oh, part of it was 2XL. you taking me back. I would, I would play the games and stuff, but I would also play oh. music on it. You know, so I, I had, and I didn't have much music. I had like a Sesame Street disco eight track tape. I had, <laughs> I had the Superman, the movie soundtrack, the mm-hmm. John Williams soundtrack. Yeah. I remember my mom buying it. She's like, you know, this isn't the whole movie. This is just music. I was like, what do you think I am? An idiot? I know it's just the music. <laughs> Come on, mom. I had like, but I only had a few. Th- and then, and then I had these games and then they, these kids gave me this kiss album and I'm playing it. And I was like, I had kiss destroyer and I put it out and okay. I was like, oh. and I was just like, I, it was like, thunder. yeah, I just, I popped it right the fuck out. I was like, I was like, nah, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like want it. to shout it out loud. That's <laughs> no. like, did I lick it up on it? Lick it up. No, that's later. Oh, I was like, okay. That's no, I was like, I, I remember being like, what a waste. My whole birthday. I got, I got a bunch of stuff I don't want now. Excel did not want that inside of him. Let's put it that way. He wanted Dang trivia. I think this was the year 
that I went as Bigfoot and I mentioned the Bigfoot costume. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned it back in the Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. You would beat it up in the backyard. Yeah, because then later that that my mom kept the costume and stuffed it for a Halloween party that they, they did like a haunted house in our elementary school. And my mom oh, cool. sort of helped put it together. And I, mm. I, I remember she like put like this uh, scar makeup on her face and she would hand out candy. But she Fun. stuffed that costume uh, you know, with something, I don't know what, and put like a scary mask on the front and use that. And then I would, I hung it in my closet, my bedroom closet for years. And then when Raiders came out, that's the Bigfoot that I would use as a Nazi to throw off the trees. <laughs> but I went, that was my costume. And I think it was first grade. It was either, I don't know if it was first or second grade, because I know one of the years I was Bigfoot and the other year I did the Ben Cooper Batman costume. But yeah. I'm, I'm yes. fairly certain it was the Bigfoot one. And I just remember it was very hot. It was a very hot <laughs> costume. Yeah. There's a lot of fur and Velcro. I did. I was a Coke can one year. I because demanded, I was a Coke addict. I was a Coke head. <laughs> I was a Coke head. I was no. I was a, I demanded that my mother make me a make me a Coca Cola can. I hated cola. I hated all soda. I didn't like anything carbonated. Why I wanted to be a Coke fan, I have no idea. <laughs> like facing we, your fears? I don't understand what motivated me to, I, I can't, I just thought, I think I thought I would, it would be a good costume. And we got a big piece of red, uh, I don't know, like hard, hardback, it wasn't even paper. It was like almost like big cardboard red thing. Mm -hmm. And, we, and we, we bent it around me and we, we painted it and made like a top out of aluminum foil and a thing. And I was a Coke can. Another year I was Cubert. Remember Cubert? Oh, I loved Cubert. That was my favorite game. Uh, I, I, again, got a giant. He would go for yeah. and, and you and see like we, the little curse words. Yes. Hilarious. And I got a big orange piece of, 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 we got like an orange front and back and I made like a cone nose. That's the greatest uh, costume ever. Yeah. And so I would, uh, we, we would, we would did you just hop these, around? Yeah. That's exactly what I did. I did boing, boing, boing. That's awesome. And, but these were like, just things I wanted my mother to make. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I don't even know what this is that you want or how to do it. But God bless that woman. She would do she it. She would figure it she out. She would absolutely do it. And then I think um, uh, for in this year, boy, I can't remember. I know that I was Ben Cooper. Uh, I feel like I was a Ben Cooper something. You were actually point. Ben Cooper? <laughs> I went the other way with it. I said, I want to go as Ben Cooper. Yeah, the pipe. <sighs> Some yeah, reason I see him with a pipe and a lot and, of money. Yeah, a lot of calluses uh, on his fingers for making all the masks. <laughs> Staples in his in his fingers. Uh, the because um, he makes them himself. Uh, I, I'm almost I'm almost positive that I was the Hulk, the Ben Cooper mm -hmm. version of the Hulk. Uh, and there were two Which that is you could frustrating. get. Remember? Yeah, go ahead. But, well, I, you could, I, I no, you're it was like. It. You, you could get one that had like the muscles, you right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you could also get one that just said the Hulk. And it was like a picture of the I Hulk know. on it. That's I was what like, I mean. What it's the so fuck stupid. is this? The Hulk doesn't wear a thing that has a picture of the Hulk on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> they were all like that. They were all yeah. like that. The, the Spider-Man one, it said Spider-Man under the spider. It was like, why are you doing that? We well, <laughs> know who it, it is. <laughs> You're ruining it. As if it was going to be so authentic that people would think I was Spider-Man if it I didn't say it there. want to be fooled. Yeah, Come on, exactly. Ben Cooper, get it right. And yes, Mom, I know Superman, the album, doesn't have the entire movie on there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, but I do think it was. What's wrong I, with everyone? The Hulk thing was definitely because they were like, well, we can't just have a green. What, what kind of a green Just torso. a green bare chest. It's like, they were like, no, we better. Yes. Yes, you can do that. And Did you ever go as William Shatner? 
No, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't, Dan, because of your love of Star Trek, of early Star Trek. But no, I know, I know. But uh, but, you know, I think not enough people were going as Shatner. And that's why uh, the makers of, of our, our, our uh, the week's movie were like, well, no, there's a lot of surplus laying around. I, I love how it's uh, uh, they use a Shatner man. It doesn't look does it look anything like Shatner to it looks you? Nothing like no, it. Nothing like him. And I, I question whether it actually is or if that's just the lore well we'll talk about it i don't yeah. know what it actually is no well, let's but shall we move shall we start talking about it because i think the mask is you know the main thing i'm interested in about this movie <laughs> no no there's a lot to love there's a lot to love in halloween halloween night i spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. John Carpenter's seminal horror film opens on a cold Halloween night in 1963 as six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murders his 17-year-old sister Judith after she has sex with her boyfriend in the family home. After being locked away for 15 years, a 21-year-old Michael breaks free of the institution he's been confined to and returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims, including Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. Halloween, also starring Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, made $1.3 million on its opening weekend, on its way to $47.1 million domestically, and a worldwide total of $70 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of the original Halloween? It's creepy and scary. <laughs> uh, it's... I obviously did not see it when it first came out. What? Go there. Baby. <laughs> I went with, with Mrs. McSwiggin. She put the scarf <laughs> on me. She was like, are you ready, kids? And then we got into a bus and we saw Halloween. She hugged uh, you through it. <laughs> I, I was, uh, no, I was, I was, I remember seeing the commercials and I was more scared of that than Ooh. you were scared of the, uh, the, the, the news guy on WPIX. No, I remember very vividly seeing the commercials and 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 i don't even i can't, i don't even remember the first time i saw it of mm. uh, god i i i, I don't know because i wasn't as we've discussed before you know i'm not i was never really into scary movies i was too scared of them that being said i did see it and i rewatched it again and uh, it's, <laughs> i know what you mean i watched it it's, last night it's not it's not for me it's not and it's it's very hard, and maybe because I've seen it before, and I know it's coming. Yeah. But there are other movies that I know what's coming, and it still affects me. And this one, I, you know, I try to look at it in the context. And when it came out, this this sort of started it all. Yes. Right. Yes. There, there oh, wasn't yes. anything like this before. Maybe since Psycho. You know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this was that first type of thing, and it it spawned you know, an entire genre really of that yeah. slasher film. So I try to look at it like that and, and seeing it with fresh eyes. There's definitely some terrifying moments 
I mean, the music, right? The, to, to me, actually, oh, yeah. the scariest part is the opening, just the credits and the music. Yes. It's uh, so the, affecting. The, the MVP is John Carpenter, but not even John Carpenter as director. John Carpenter is composer. That music yeah. is so good and so <laughs> iconic all throughout. And it's so it's simple. Excellent. And it's, it's so and simple. It's, it's similar. It made me think of the music, we and we talked about this when we talked about The Thing. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. music in that, it's just so simple, dun, but yet dun, so It's almost like he makes movies to support the, the, the music in his head like you know what i mean like the, 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 the movie is the companion piece to the music more than the Maybe. other way around i mean that's how you know, it he feels just tour, he just did a tour of his music like he, he not just but like mm -hmm. within the last couple of years he he went on tour with like a band oh wow and did like a stage show yeah. I, I know this because my cousin is actually in the band oh my god my cousin johnny oh my god. Who, yeah he's part of um tenacious d he's like the guitarist for tenacious d oh wow and, and he, know and, and, this? And, oh know. yeah he's amazing john kaneski they call him the antichrist in tenacious <laughs> d because he has because he looks like jesus oh um, but he's been all over the world with them but yeah he toured with john carpenter in the john carpenter show which is all his, them he and his band playing that music and it's, that's it's pretty amazing super cool that sounds terrifying yeah. see i wouldn't want to go to see oh, yeah. that i'd be too scared <laughs> i'd be too scared <laughs> but so yeah right off the bat it puts you in that mood and you know the opening shot the whole pov long tracking shot is i was in it you know very very scary very effective i mean that the, the shot of the um the the knife where you see the knife yeah. coming down through yeah. the eye holes. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty fucking cool. And I don't really, I didn't really remember the beginning. I didn't remember that you see young Michael in the clown yeah. costume. Yeah. I thought it a little strange. I don't know what the direction was to tell the mom to put her hands in her pocket and just sort of stare at him. I <laughs> was, I, Fred, I was like, I was like, this opening's quite good until you get to the point where the parents are standing there just staring at their six-year-old with a bloody knife and the camera slowly it was like 35 minutes yeah. of pulling back and no reaction <laughs> the mother was just like i'm gonna have to wash that knife now she literally puts her hands in her overcoat pocket yeah. well, it was really strange and you know it's funny that you you mentioned that because what i did notice about this movie the the pacing carpenter really likes to take his time and there's some shots that linger a little longer than they should. And mm -hmm. I think obviously that's done on purpose. There's that first time when Michael Myers watches Laurie go down the sidewalk and it's shot from mm -hmm. behind. Yeah. It, it, it holds on that for a long time, a really long time. Yes. And I think obviously he's doing that for a reason. That first shot, Maybe they should have cut that a little sooner. <laughs> well, because there's no tension there. Nothing's it's not going like on. anything's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, uh, I mean, mm. it didn't feel like, you know, first of all, you're pulling away from it. So you're getting mm -hmm. safer and safer as you pull away, as opposed right. to if you were coming in towards them. So, yeah, I didn't get huh. the purpose of that long shot. I was like, that's that you could have cut that quite a while ago because nothing else is revealed in the frame as it backs out. It was just an odd choice. But yeah, some of these other things you're talking about, Fred, exactly. To us now, in retrospect, knowing it, you're like, boy, so we get it. Let's move along. But I, I think it's, I think it's almost, but I think it is almost like a, it is almost like a haunted house or a fun house in a way uh, where it's, it's all an experiment in how uncomfortable you can get like yeah. waiting for something yes. to happen and it's funny that you said that because i forgot how long you have to go through that movie until something does happen mm -hmm. and you keep waiting and and in that sense it's really it's sort of masterful what he does because you know right from the beginning you know and that's for me it's so and, and I, I, this is probably a shared experience for everyone but i get tense 
with scary movies like this because you know it's a scary movie. So going <laughs> in, I'm like, oh God, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And it's the really good ones that sort of, you know, it drops your guard. It's like those, we talked about in the sixth sense, those jump shots, you know, cause you're not expecting it at all. And right from the start of this, you're waiting, you're waiting. And he really, he lets it play out. Mm-hmm. The thing that bothered me the most, and I don't remember being bothered by it in the, the previous times that I'd seen it, was all the Donald Pleasant stuff. I didn't yeah. buy it. I found it silly. He kept talking about how this kid is pure evil. He's pure evil. He's pure evil. Mm. And uh, now look, I'm not saying that stabbing your sister to death isn't pure evil. That That is, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I guess I wanted... I wanted to know a little bit more. He just kept saying it. It was a device that that I, I remember being more formidable in from previous viewings. And here it was like, it was very few and far between his appearances. And it was, um, I don't know, it didn't feel uh, terribly necessary. No. And mm. yes, and I know what you're saying, Fred. It seems like a little overwrought. It's like, yeah, a horrible act. But it's not like the kid had a chance to go on a killing spree where you're like, wow, he just... He's little baby Hitler, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But you know, it's funny. I remember because talking about, you know, when, when I first saw it, I do seem to remember seeing a bit of it on TV when they showed it. And I remembered a scene. I'm like, wait, did this happen? And I was looking it up and apparently this scene, there, there is another scene that they filmed on for the television version with Donald Pleasance talking to a young Michael. And it's like, oh, you you fooled them all, Michael. And I, I I'm like, wait, am oh, I wow. making that up, or is that from Halloween two, or mm-hmm. you know, what what uh-huh. was it? And what I'm or so I looked four. it up, and apparently, when the was it from Halloween four? No, I don't know, but I know oh, they, oh. I know they, re, I know Donald Pleasance comes back, right, and I know they do back. some revisiting yeah. of that. Apparently, story what happened and, when they were getting ready to hmm. show it on television? You know, the censors were like, look, what are you gonna? You know, we got to make up some time because we can't, there's, yeah, there's we a need bunch more of stuff. Filler. Yeah, we can't see. So they were filming Halloween 2 at the time. Mm-hmm. And John Carpenter's like, all right, well, let's film some filler scenes now. And that was one of the uh, scenes. So I remember seeing that. And I must have seen it when it was on television. That's but so that was just another thing of Donald Pleasant's character dealing with the young Michael. You fooled them, haven't you, Mike? But not me. I adore this movie. I love it. It's definitely on my top 10. Hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of for all the reasons you guys are talking about, because it takes its time so much, yeah. because it builds tension. And my- uh, Which several, Don't get me wrong. I don't think that's a bad thing. I wasn't saying that. Right. I, I, no, found no, it, I, I found it fascinating that it did that. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. Um, a movie, uh, I, I won't spoil my list, but there's another movie that came out a couple of years before this that develops in very much the same way. Um, and I just love movies that that establish an atmosphere and a tone, horror movies that establish an atmosphere and a tone and don't let go of that, like relentlessly just don't let go of that. And the music, uh, we've talked about it right is that sort of relentlessness, you yes. know what I mean? The bum, bum, mm-hmm. bum, bum. Even that, you know, is, mm-hmm. is that's relentlessly in the soundtrack. And, and of course the bum, 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 bum. That's really, so it's this sort of relentlessness that, that doesn't let you go. And yes, he's holding the shots very long. You know, the thing I noticed on this rewatch 
was how many times people leave doors open, mm. you know, just to get inside you, you, the head of you, the viewer, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Of like, shut that fucking door, shut it. You know, he'll, he'll have people enter a space, leave the door open. And he doesn't pan back to the door to go, uh, Hey audience doors open. He just lets that sit in your mind. Yeah. You huh, know, that's interesting. And, and, and you know, the, the thing about when he's watching her and watching the kid and watching and watching through the day, that's psychologically fucks with you. It certainly fucked with me on this rewatch. Yeah. And it's something I always forget. I'm like, where the fuck is everyone? Where, why is no human parent, adult, anyone seeing <laughs> this man creepily watching people around the town? You've got an APB out for this for this station wagon from the from the asylum and no one is seeing it. I mean, it's the the scariest thing about this movie hmm. to me is that the first half of that first almost two thirds of it take place in broad daylight. Yeah. And you go, OK, he's he he has he has opportunities to kill them in broad daylight, but he does not take it, take them because he'd be he'd be seen. He'd be caught. OK, then we're in the dark for a good chunk as you guys said, before he kills anyone, I have a sort of a weird theory about that mm-hmm. because of the way he's he's doing it. And it kind of struck me on this rewatch. He's still he's still playing Halloween. He's still trick or treating in a way. He's playing a trick. You see what I mean? Hmm. Why? Go, why go to the trouble of killing the girl with with the with the sheet on? with the eye holes and the glasses of the boyfriend over over them. You know what I mean? Why not just run in there and kill her? You know, why hide in a closet and burst out? Why wear a mask to begin with? I think he's still, I think he's still basically doing the trick part of trick or treat, which is boo, I'm scaring you Hmm. in, in the, in the mind of the six year old child. And he's doing it over and over and over again. He's create, he's crafting scary circumstances because I got to go back to that beginning scene. It's like, why does he, why does he do what he does? He stops to put on the clown mask. If it was just about killing the sister, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it would just be a murderous little kid, but he's dressed up as a clown. He takes a moment to put on his clown mask Mm -hmm. before going in there. There's something to that, that, you know, pleasant sees as pure evil, but. Maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the whole hook of this movie is that when you're a kid and you're out there trick or treating the the sort of the the origins of Halloween and all of this it's kind of evil it's kind of, there's an evilness to the act of you know and, and I'm going to play a trick on you unless you give me something I want yeah no, also, that makes a lot of sense there's also that thing that we say as as actors all the time that like what wearing a mask frees you yes. up and like it lets yeah. the id come out all of a sudden right. you do things when you wear a mask and whether it's in a, 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 you know like in classes we used to have that experience and you're like okay oh. whatever mask work but you oh, surprise your, class. but you surprise yourself about I want to kill you, people when I was in mask class yeah, no I didn't mind it <laughs> I thought it was scary. very interesting yeah. I thought it was very freeing and, and it frees up yeah. your inhibitions, right? Yes. So, yes. so that's very interesting. I think it's also, I mean, it's very obviously, you know, and this is, this has be- became a trope of all these movies where the murders are 90% of the time, it's punishment for being sexual, Sex, for having, for yeah. having, a, you know, a sexual right. urges and acting upon them and whatever. Not in every case, because obviously, you know. Jamie Lee Curtis is quote unquote the, for lack of a bit, the good girl in this. I mean, she's just you know she's. But that's why she survives, I think, and that's why she's you know 
it's almost like the message is sex makes you the dumber or something like right. that because because they say she's the smart one, yeah, right? You're right. She's the studious one, and yeah. she figures out, okay, I got to make a thing out of a, a coat hanger, you know, yeah. to stab him. Yeah. So she's yeah. she's actually industrious. But yeah. he's gone on record as saying that that now that could be a subconscious thing. I mean, like a Freudian type thing there. But he's gone on record and saying that he never meant to make it like sex is bad. You know, this is what's going to get you killed, whether hmm. he meant to or not. It's all over it's this. There. I mean, I mean the. Yeah, the, the, every major kill is somebody who's like having sex when they're not supposed to. And the first one is like, I mean, there's no reason for I, I mean, they never we never given a reason for why why he kills the sister. But it very much seems like oh, yeah. it's driven by the fact that she went up to the bedroom with the boyfriend and she did the big no, no. And then he <laughs> went and killed her. So I don't yeah. know. But yeah, that's yeah. funny that he says it's not explicitly what it was about for him. Um, even the dog, even when the dog dies, you yeah, know, he was we, fucking we, someone. Oh no. We, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Jason, what is the, what does Annie say in that moment? But she says something like, well, at least he's getting lucky yes. or something like that. She thinks the dog what? is having sex. You're right. Yes. Yes. yes you're Even right. The dog's death is associated verbally with sex in the movie. So I, I find it hard to believe that Carpenter doesn't see what he's doing there. I mean, there's so, there's so much, you know, um, double entendre in, in this. Yes. Like even, even when line. Annie is like, you know, you know, when he's hiding behind the bush and Annie is like. Goes and get. She's not a good actor, by the way. But she, oh, but no. she goes no, and finds. She, she he, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, like he's behind that bush. She goes behind the bush and she pretends he's there. She mm-hmm. pretends to have a conversation with uh, uh, somebody who wants to take, you know, to 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 go out with her. And mm-hmm. she says, "Oh, he's here. He wants to take you out." Yeah. Now, take you out means ah. take you out on a date, but also means take you out. Well, right? that's what I wrote I see that what you down. did there. There's so many things like that in this movie yeah, that I could like be that. that could be read in two ways, and it's all through the movie. And they almost always have to do with dating, dating and killing, or sex and killing. Yeah. There's like four or five of those kinds of double entendre. So I find it hard to believe that that you know maybe it's his co-screenwriter who's putting all that in there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's all through this movie. You know, and which I think was his wife at the time. Is that right? I is think that, I read somewhere is that, that it, Deborah Hill. Is yeah, she? yeah. And I think yeah. She, okay. I think Deborah she Hill. wrote all. I think I feel like I read that she wrote all of the dialogue between the babysitters. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all it's all laden with like, hey, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get. Even Jamie Lee Curtis is like. I'm really, you know, I'm, re- I really think I'm losing it. And the other girl goes, well, that'll be the day right. losing it, meaning losing mm-hmm. her mind yeah. and losing her virginity. So it's uh, every her friends every, were, were not very nice. That's what upset me too. Oh, they were awful. I didn't they were, like them. I'm like, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. you deserve better friends. She does. Yeah, and she people. was, and she was great in it. I think oh, she's, she's wonderful in it. Yeah. I think Dynamite she's, in she's it. a great actor and it's so interesting. And obviously at being I think it's by design. It's funny, Fred, you said like not since Psycho has there been a movie like this. And then obviously it's very much by design that even (laughs) though she was starring in television shows at this time, I think she was in something called, was it uh, Petticoat? Junction. Junction? Junction? Or, or Operation Pet- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was in a series at this time. She was she was in a network series, but this is her film oh, okay. debut. Oh, and of course, okay. she's Janet Lee's daughter. And, you know, yes, I think it's exactly. very much by design for her to be like the uh, <laughs> the female lead of this. But she's really she's fantastic. And yeah. And, oh, God, and she yeah. looks all the better compared to some of the other yeah. uh, young women acting. In it's this. like P- PJ Souls is all right. She's, uh, I mean, she's and been she's in, in other things. things. You see her yeah, show up in stripes other and other stuff, but she's uh, in, oh, that's right. She was in stripes. Yeah, she's yeah, in yeah. Carrie. 
Yes. Did you rock and roll high school? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot she was in stripes. What was I going to say about that? Oh, I had a I had another point. Oh, I, oh, this is a question. Sorry, this is just to- totally off base. I had to like rewind this a couple of times. And I know I've heard it before because I've seen this movie a number of times before, but I'm always like, did they say what I think they said? <laughs> is it does Michael Myers eats a dog? Eats something. Point? They don't know what kind of an animal it is, but he's like, he got hungry. Yeah, and he no, but they yeah. Say, I rewound something. it though, and I and I also put on the um the subtitles. subtitles. It's a dog. Yeah. They say, oh, it's but a dog. But then somebody else says, afterwards says uh, it might be a skunk. No, well, no, I thought he that meant that like a skunk attacked the dog. the dog. The dog was yeah. mutilated. Oh, the dog was mutilated. Oh. And, the dog was and, mutilated got it. and the sh- the sheriff got or whoever it. says, oh, it might have been a skunk. And and Donald Benz is doing his best Obi-Wan saying, oh, <laughs> it looks like he got hungry. Sand people. Always <laughs> <laughs> single file. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I was like, Jesus Christ, he ate a dog. So that's where the ev- that's where the pure evil thing comes in. But is it's not there earlier. It's not like, again, you, you and this was also very much that period of time where I know it was happening in my like neighborhood when I was where like satanic kind of rituals happening in in playgrounds what? and things oh yeah yeah there was like a whole thing going <laughs> in on Comac? Like in north in northport there was like uh something about like some sort of satanic rituals and kids mutilating animals and stuff really and yeah 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 yeah. uh you were that was um, suffolk county right south yeah Shore. suffolk there's your problem uh, that, yeah, that didn't happen up in, in nassau county we didn't have that no didn't of have course not there, but... a better class of people but yeah. um <laughs> but i mean that kind of you know, there's always that's the window into like what uh, a, a child who might go on to become violent with people or have or, or or go on to commit certain kinds of heinous acts. They say like sure. kids who who do things to animals and stuff like that. So it's very interesting to have that run through. It, it says a lot. It's 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 yeah. it's messed up in a way that it says more to me. <laughs> About the potential for pure evil running through the guy's veins that he like took a bite out of a dog than, <laughs> than that he's like killing human beings willy nilly. But I want to um, know how he learned how to drive a car so well. I know he's real. Well, good. He was locked up. Yeah, he's real good for so he's been pure locked evil, up since he was six. You don't think six. pure evil can drive a goddamn car? Pure evil can drive a car. Can eat a dog. Can do whatever the hell it wants. He's pure evil. I believe Donald Pleasance. I, that is corny, yes, but I also the conviction with which he's saying it. I'm like, okay, I'm with. He's, He's a very good it. actor. Yeah. 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 He's a very good I actor. I buy it. The, the, um, it's as good as the, any episode of Columbo that he might have guessed. <laughs> it's so funny. I just watched an episode of Columbo with Shatner on it. Mm. And and Peter Falk is acting circles around him. Um, <laughs> not surprisingly. <laughs> but um, but did, I mean, do you, do you really think that the movie doesn't hold up like i'm getting the impression that it maybe doesn't hold up for you guys it, it was, so holds up for me yeah it was weird i because you know it's funny when i was thinking about my list i'm like well halloween's gonna be on there yep me too. i don't want to spoil anything but it's not on there um, me neither. and i have i had i always had a, a, a an affinity towards it because when i did finally see it i was like okay this is a horror classic for what i don't know what it was watching it maybe because i watched it in the daytime because honestly i was too scared to watch it at night but mm-hmm. maybe because i've seen it so many times i i don't know when i watched it yesterday i was just sort of left with a feeling of eh, it didn't it didn't get me the same way and i and i'm not sure why because I know. in my head it was i was really holding it up 
uh, on a much higher yeah. platform. And no, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was about it. I'll tell Explain you. Explain it, it to me, Jay. Tell well, me. Tell I'll me tell what I'm thinking, what Jason, because I don't know. <laughs> no, because I really, I feel the same way, Fred. And there was a point at which I wound up dropping it. Like the tension was holding me. I was like, God, this movie's so great. And, and I've always loved it. And I thought it would be on my list, too. What works about it and what's iconic about it and what grabs you, it, it still works. And it's still, yes. it's so potent. And it's fantastic. And it will always get, you know, I, I, I will... I would always recommend this movie. Um, But for me, where it falls off, and I wish it was really that Jamie Lee was his target and that was it, because I'm telling you, it's the the Annie thing. She's so bad. And the circumstances, (laughs) everything, and and it's comic, and the naked gunness of... (laughs) <laughs> Everything that she does like that leads to her demise. Including her just, demise. Including her demise. Her demise. Yes. Very like, it was laughable. And it yeah. took it took yeah. her, that that kill took such a long time, as did the one with PJ Souls with the telephone cord. I admire the movie for not being I love that it's not a bloody movie, because I don't really like that kind of thing that much. And and yeah. I kind of and it almost makes me sad in a way to find that like Carpenter was like, well, I'm going to have to make the next one bloodier and the one after that bloodier because Friday the 13th took the cue from this up to the ante and then sure. that became the standard bearer. And this was considered like quaint in comparison. I like the fact that it's not bloody. However, Same here. it also but it's again, it's like his shot panning out from like the, the parents with their hands in the pockets looking at the kid. It's we sit with him like pseudo strangling these women for so goddamn long and and some of the like i say for me it's mostly the annie section everything mm-hmm. about that that character that actor <laughs> the way she's the, the weak section the way, yeah. yeah the way she like gets caught she's like i got caught in a door and oh, i have no clothes on and i'm like i was like you're are you an idiot it's, it's like <laughs> It's like O.J. Simpson in Naked Gun, like getting caught and stuff. And get, I was like, the, it just jumped the shark for me. And I was like, I was like, well, this is a little silly. And I, I will say, not that it, the movie picks back up again, but it yeah. does kind of lose its grip on me. Loosens in that middle section, and what mm. should be where it should be getting more tense, it's getting less tense. And that's it's interesting. It's in those. It's in those kill moments and things like that, because you're right, Dan, these terrific moments where you see half his face in a window and then you, the camera oh. pans away and it comes back. It's, it's gone. gone. Yeah, the door is open God, and he's standing it. there, but then he's not. And the wind's oh. blowing. It's fantastic. All the yeah. buildup is fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's almost like it's a shame sometimes that that we have to even have the money shot, that we even have to see the kills yeah. or whatever, because, yeah. it, again, because the payoffs aren't perfect. The payoffs, yeah, it's true. That, it's again, true. Those are the things about it that don't hold up. I think the movie does still hold up. Good. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. I see exactly what you're saying, Jason. And I see what you're saying too, Fred. And, and you know, I I, I I do love the long lingering shots. I say the longer the better, the longer the better. Mm. Just hold us in that. Hold us in the not knowing, in the not, in the in the uncomfortability of it. Make it a long, you know, make it longer. You know what I mean? But yeah. but um um, I, I totally get what you're saying, uh, uh, about that, that middle Annie section. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I do, I do want the, the payoffs to be uh, as, 
as satisfying is the wrong word, but just chilling as the first one, you know, when he, when he mm-hmm. kills the, the sister. And as you say, uh, Fred, you, you really see well the done. knife through the holes in the mask. But um, I wonder if I'm, it's, it's so, I wonder if it's because like, we're so used to these grand kills now, yeah. you know, what, and, and it, what struck me in rewatching it was again, I was like, Oh, these are, it, it wasn't bloody. Cause you have that, image in your head that it's going to, that, that memory it. that's going to be really you bloody or it. scary. Yeah. That, you know what? That really jumped out at me this time. The sound of him breathing behind the mask oh, yeah. while he's doing the kills. That <gasps> oh, really, maybe because I was listening in headphones, so I yeah. noticed it before. <laughs> yeah. um, better or worse than Disorderlies? I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Disorderlies was 10 times more horrifying. Yes, yeah, so it's a lot for scarier. A you just kept waiting reasons. for all of them to have heart attacks. <laughs> you know, that is scary. It, that, that, that was the tension, just waiting. When's it going to happen? <laughs> waiting for Ralph Bellamy to die. Waiting for any of them to die. <laughs> what? Um, I love the moment. I love the moment when, um, speaking of the breathing in the mask, Pleasance shoots him. He stumbles back into the bedroom. Pleasance goes into the bedroom and he's fucking standing there going, oh, oh, that's my favorite shot in the movie. It always catches me by surprise. I always forget that it's coming mm-hmm. and I, I'm always jump. I always like shiver and jump when that, when, when that shot comes, that's, that's the most masterful part of the movie. When, when he just, he comes up the stairs, he sees, he, he shoots him at the top of the stairs. He stumbles back into the, into the bedroom. He rounds the corner, you know, I, I forget if it's before or after now. She says, that was the boogeyman. He says, you're right. Somewhere in there, he turns and goes into the bedroom and he's standing there in the dark breathing. That's mm. that's the best thing in the movie. That I, I can't imagine not leaping out of your seat in 1978 to go, mm. holy fuck, he's still alive. Still. <laughs> and I think that I think that uh, that also makes me think of that great image which has been mimicked so many times and parodied so many times oh yeah where where uh, jamie lee curtis is in the foreground it's after he's supposedly like been you know the 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 hanger in the eye and he's laying there and he just does that that, the sit up (laughs) the slow rise sitting up which has been parodied so many times it should be funny but also even when it hasn't been parodied when it's been used in other movies and it gets used all the time probably even in the sequels to this uh there's usually some sort of accompanying sting of sound or something. I think this yeah. is just pure silence, right? Pure silence. She which was so, and he yeah. just sits up and I was like, yeah, she's just that's whimpering. fucking terrifying. The lack yeah. of music and the lack of sound. Is I agree. I thought is, that was great because they great. because they do that a lot. There's a lot of those musical stings throughout this movie and it's very effective because mm-hmm. John Carpenter's use and yeah. knowledge is so creepy. But yeah. I did notice that as well. It's like, oh, I like that there's no music there. Yep. Yeah, yep. I thought that yep. was great. I thought that was great. So cool. I love that uh, they're watching the thing the thing yeah isn't that so funny and at that time i was like neat did he and that's like four years before he made the thing or or at least Mm -hmm. so that seems like it must have been percolating it was percolating um, yeah it just must have been a favorite it's so funny that (laughs) because at first i thought oh is that a little wink because he was in process on it but i'm sure he wasn't i think that was a much more ambitious project that only i think the success of this and probably Halloween too, like allowed him yeah. to get to be like, I want to remake the things. I just thought it was so cool that that's the movie that they're watching. How many Sheilas are we giving this one? Ooh. I'm going seven Sheilas. Nine. I'm going to give seven Sheilas as well. It's very, well, very John. good. It's, yeah. it's, it's very good. It's very good. And I, uh, yeah, I still like it. It's, it's, it has things about it, you know, that you're like, oh, all right. But again, you're judging it for that it still 
that the parts of it that still that hold up still hold up that well all these oh, yeah. years later, especially after having seen it multiple times, that it can still that sense of dread and yeah, it's it's um it's really it's really it, good. That is an amazing thing. You're right, Jason. That it hold that so much of it does hold up so well after so long. It yeah. gets at you psychologically. It's one of the one of the first horror movies to really do that. Yeah, in in a, in the way that this does it with shots and music and things. You're right. You know what else gets it? Look at me. I'm going to try a segue. You look, you know what else gets at me psychologically? <laughs> What's that? The contents of the mail sack. <laughs> <laughs> How could it not get at all of us psychologically? <laughs> um, I have to tell you something. We got uh, we got FedExed a big like <laughs> box. It's like a. Can you guys see this? It's like a. It's like one of these that, thick. That's sturdy too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a like thick box. Sturdy. Should I go ahead? It's a thick box it's a in thick the mail box sack. Box in the mail sack. Should I go ahead and open the? Should I go ahead and open the box? Please Let me do. Go, see what's in here and just sort of just. Okay, I got the flap. Okay, let me just pull it. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> Ooh, ooh. Okay, there's a letter here. And then this weighty um, first draft of Lunchline. Oh. They've got a first draft. They're doing it. That's written, amazing. And they have sent it to us. I wonder if, are we allowed to? Oh, my gosh. I hope we can. I, I, we can have to sign like an NDA or something? Yeah, I, I, I hope we, I, we have to see what she says in the letter here. Uh, dear fellas, um, enclosed. <laughs> You will find, God, as usual, it's hard to read. Can't she learn how to use a typewriter at this point? <laughs> Can't she just sort of fly around the keys and just sort of buzz around the keys? Uh, enclosed, um, you'll find the first draft of our script for Lunchline. We took your advice from last week. We, we also think it's a million-dollar idea to have Jack and Al play the lunch ladies, which oh. moves Tote up to principal. Oh. He's, he'll be the principal. Of oh, the so high school, the so put Jack, upon principle, so, exactly. So, so Jack, so Jack and Al are not the the young bullies anymore. <laughs> they're, they're, no, the they're no longer the young bullies. They're no longer the young bullies. Oh my God. Geppetto is still at the helm, still helming it. Oh, thank God. Uh, Jack and Al are are lunch ladies. Uh, it <laughs> says here that yeah, it says Toad is Italian the, is directors the, always do the best work anyway. Let's they really it. do. This is a spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the spaghetti lunch line movie. Spaghetti lunchroom movie. Bertolucci, Scorsese, um, Fellini, Geppetto. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, should we read it? Should we just read a scene? Should we just yeah, go ahead and it. read a scene? Let's let's open this script up. Let's open it up here. Okay. All right. Lunch line. A Geppetto joint. Wow. <laughs> Exterior. Central High School. Morning. Wood paneled station wagon pulls up in the back of the school. Two lunch ladies, Gladys and Myrna, come out. All right. Well, should we read it? I guess. Okay. It says Gladys, and then in parentheses, Al Pacino. Do you want to go ahead and read, read that one, Jason? You do a pretty good Pacino. Oh, sure. Or you know, how about if you read Jack? You do a good Jack from time yeah, to time. Right. And and Fred, you'd you be Pacino. Yeah. And if Tote shows up, I'll be him. Okay, that sounds okay. great. All right. So it says they 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 exit the vehicle. Here, I'll hold the screen. I'll hold the script up to my screen. This is the very first scene. This is the very first scene. It's morning behind the school. It looks like they're showing up for work. Oh, okay. So yes. Uh, so all it's right. Well, hold up. Yeah. The, hold up the script pages. Okay, here and, it is. And we'll you can see it. it. You can see it there. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, let me okay. see. I'll I'll do my I'll do my best. I'll try to. to it looks like Placino is Gladys, and and uh, and Nicholson is Myrna. Okay, there you go. Okay, I gotta tell you, I don't know how you got us into this mess, but I think it's crazy talk. We're gonna work as lunch ladies. We just got out of the lamb. The cops are chasing after us. Look. Square your tits in line. <laughs> Hike them up, tuck them back, and let's go serve some sloppy joes. Uh, you, my new lunch ladies? Why, yes, we are, Sugar Plum. <laughs> I'm Myrna P. Myrna. Fuck. <laughs> And my name is Enna Rosenblatt. We're so thrilled to be working at William Sherman High School's cafeteria. One of the <laughs> finest cafeterias in all don't, the East Coast. Don't push, don't push. Just nice and easy. I mean, we had, we had other offers. But... We figured this was closest to our shelter. Myrna, are you all right? You're hyperventilating. Pull it together. We need this job. We often get new hires from the shelter, but usually not so, how should I put it, masculine. Oh, well, I just put a little bit of nair up there and I'll uh, clean that up for you right quick. Do we have to wear a hairnet on our whole face or? <laughs> Why are you staring at my melted off face when you say that? Well, you're not unattractive. <laughs> And the play goes, and the screenplay goes on from there. It's it's really, that first conversation, it really tells you a lot about the characters. It really would. It sets things up in a nice, interesting way. Yeah, I didn't expect them to be uh, uh, fugitives on the lamb. That's a great twist. It's it's a great justification. I think it's great. I like that that, um, Gladys had the wherewithal to come up with an entirely different name for for herself but yet Myrna who seemed to be the mastermind if you will could only come up with Myrna P Myrna as a name it's interesting how sometimes somebody has the plan but then in the moment in executing the plan is uh, a little wobblier and the accent I mean Nicholson is not known for doing accents so it's interesting that he tries to do a Tootsie like Southern Belle accent it's really interesting. It, you can tell that like Pacino's going to be the one really steering the ship and and yes. is going to be causing uh, all sorts of uh, various problems. And Tote, yeah. I I don't I do not know I don't even know how they got the rights <laughs> to take a melted character from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark and have that melted person come back and be a principal of a school. It's a real, it's, it's, it's ambitious. I like One all of Geppetto's sure. work. Well, 
one thing's for sure. Tote is nefarious. That much we know. <laughs> and that, I'm sure, will come out at some point. At some point. Oh, my God. I, this I, think, is a, I, I think they've got, it's they've quite got a, a great fine. script on their hands. Yeah, They've got I'm, a winner. They've got I'm a winner I'm curious to read here. the rest of it. I'm curious to read the rest of it and see what happens. It does yeah, feel yeah, very yeah. stream of consciousness, which is so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like they're making it up as they go. It does feel like that. It feels like that. It's why it's such a thick, thick <laughs> manuscript. Yeah, it's 800 pages. I think this is going to be an epic. Wow. It's going to be like a nine-parter or something. Maybe they they're, could sell they're it to Netflix. They're just going for like the director's cut right there. They're not, they're not even going to do any yeah. shortened versions of it. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it says screenplay by Jacob Joseph, uh, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, Geppetto, Eustace P. Justice, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Eustace P. Alive. Eustace P. Alive. Uh, Jacob Joseph, Wharton, uh, Dr. Moreau, Dr. Merlot, excuse me, uh, and uh, uh, and and with additional scenes by Adam, it says. Oh, okay. So um, maybe he wrote himself into it, but we'll find we'll find out. But, you know, hopefully they uh, hopefully they'll be able to um, um, send us. Uh, well, hopefully they'll be able to to we'll be able to uh, read some more of this in in the future, unless they revise it. Unless they I feel bring, like this was a, in a way it was like an audition for us. Maybe they can find some smaller roles for us Ooh. in the movie. Yeah, see, now that would be nice. Right, you're using your noodle, wouldn't, Fred. Wouldn't that be nice? I hope that. I hope that. I, I hope those crazy kids. You know, it's nice to be. Uh, you know, I know this is just the script writing phase, but uh, you know, it'd be nice in this in these COVID times. You know, to you know, that's their pod, so they can make a movie together. I think that's pretty. Uh, I think that's pretty wise, and uh, I think they're going to yeah. be you know first out of the gate with something special. When uh, exactly, when that's exactly awesome. right, and no one will see it coming. And no one will see it. <laughs> no one will see it. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing. And now it's time for some list making. Yay. Are excited? The list Do it is in the same way as we did our school movie I thing think where we all say our. Yeah. I think we're all going to do our number tens okay. and then nines and we'll, and we'll keep letting the pendulum swing back and forth. So I, I, I'm happy Great. to start off with my number 10. Get Please the ball do. rolling. Um, so is it, it's it, is it Halloween scary? I think we sort of made like an amalgamation. It's an of- amalgam, I would say. I would say okay. when I say our, <laughs> our top 10, our favorite Halloween movies, that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like somebody yeah. who's, you know what I mean? Like there could be, if, if your thing is slasher films, then your list might be all of that. If you, if you think that the edict is, it needs to be scary, make you jump out of your seat, you know, that's a different kind of thing. I, I think it kind of encompasses all, you know, the, the horror thriller genre, but also horror comedy things that are, 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 are Halloween themed they could fun be scary it could be fun it could be totally fun so funny it's, pretty, it's, it's we're, we're, we're going pretty open on this it's it's quite yeah. open which made okay. it a very hard list and why <laughs> my <laughs> initial list was three times <laughs> as long oh, almost I, ha- I, mean, I had all these movies on my oh, I'm yeah. a piece of paper i had a million movies that i was considering and then i went I, okay I, i'm just gonna go with my favorites and it was very yeah that's uh, yeah and I, I i same thing same thing so i know we kind of made it wide open but i thought that was more fun in a way and i thought well we'll probably have kind of eclectic lists and and that's all right and maybe we'll cover it'll be funny to see how much overlap there is and and how 
how much different ground we cover, like things that some of us would never have thought to either include or, you know. Um, right. So I'm Great. going to start off and get this out of the way. Uh, number 10. I'm going to say Hocus Pocus for number oh. 10 because I think it needs. I'm walking away right now. I think it's it a, needs. A Fred favorite. I think it is I because I have to acknowledge it is a uh, it is a movie I watch every Halloween. I did not see it when it first came out, but it is a staple. It is my my wife's favorite Halloween movie, my sister's no. favorite, my mom. Oh, wow. I think there's something about it. I think it's a Halloween movie that uh, that it's silly. Let's face it. It's it's really silly. It's really just a an early 90s, uh, very, very simple, silly, sweet kind of time capsule. What are they trying to accomplish in the movie? Are they trying to eat children? Yeah, they're trying to <laughs> eat children and regain their youth. And uh, it reminds me of a movie that I technically can't put on my list, but that is probably in some ways, one of my very favorite Halloween movies, a TV movie from the 80s called The Midnight Hour. Do you guys remember this movie? It was no, on ABC. It played maybe once or twice, a couple years in a row. It was a it was a, a Halloween set movie. It took place on Halloween night in this small New England town where witches who had died in that town are kind of like school-age kids, teenagers, kind of go into an old museum and say the wrong incantation or whatever and <laughs> and bring them huh. back to life and the undead come back on on Halloween night in this oh, in this small New England town and then have to be put back into you know you got to put the genie back in the box and hocus pocus actually is it feels very much very similar to it and so I think that's part of the the kind of warm comforting nostalgic glow and I really do like the big set piece where uh you know, at the Halloween party where, where Bette Midler sings, I put a spell on you. I just, it's just campy, <laughs> cheesy, Halloweeny fun. I am put a spell on you. And now you're gone. My whammy fell on you. And it was strong. Your action in the life have all been cursed because of all the witches working. My number 10 is Jennifer Kent's The Babadook. Ooh. I love this movie. We, My I wife and I, we have a- great. Yeah, it's a good one. The S.E. Davis is tremendous as the mom. She um, gives a great performance. The uh, It is psychological horror for sure. Uh, it is, you know, it's really saying anything about it gives away the pleasure of seeing this movie, but it's a mom and a son and the mom and it has to do with a book and uh, and this um, being from the book that you kind of get the you kind of don't know really whether it's mm, I don't I don't even know if I want to say this, but mm. there's something going on with the mom. Let's put it that way with the S.E. Davis character. There's something happening with her uh, and it really gets into the psychology of being a mother and motherhood mm. and how that can kind of, you know, it 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 can mess you up uh, uh, or at least it messes her up in a way. And it's a wonderful uh, movie. Very chilling. I, I, I love it. I want to, mm. I haven't done a rewatch on that one in a while and it is uh, it's a, it's a great one. And the I've, kid in it is terrific too. I got to see who the kid is. I've heard great, great things. Yeah. I heard, I heard it's really fantastic. Yeah. See ya. Um, my number 10. Okay. So I, I have to say most of my list is based on nostalgia. A lot Yay. of it. So a lot of them That's are good. movies that 
I haven't seen in forever, or maybe I only saw one time. Mm-hmm. We don't do nostalgia on this podcast. Let's just nah. get that out of the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to do, I cheated a little bit because I have a tie for number 10 because I needed to you, keep them both. I know. Oh, freaks and geeks cheat. and what else? I always cheat. Although it's I kind of did. I, that's how I squeezed that midnight hour onto the list by tagging <laughs> yeah, yeah, it onto yeah, Hocus Pocus. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. With my number 10, I have... Um, uh, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah, because I love it. That was it, it, just as a child, the story of Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, was my first experience being scared on Halloween. Uh-huh. And I remember that cartoon. It's oh funny, my gosh. The Mr. Toad portion of it, I don't remember at all. But the Ichabod no. Crane, I loved it. I had the little album that you'd play in Bing Crosby. Um, <laughs> I mean, and so much so, I recently watched Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton movie, yeah. to see, which is a which is a great movie and a great Halloween movie, but it, it didn't. And the re- I remember going to see it in the theater because I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, it's a Sleepy Hollow movie. Yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. wait. Um, so that always, that had such an impact in those graphics. And there was something so terrifying about the Headless Horseman to me as a kid. And yeah. just, oh my God, you got to get over that bridge. Yes. I, I loved it. It was hmm. such, um, it was really, like I said, it was my first memory of watching a, you know, a, a scary movie or a horror movie. The other one that tied it, which is again, it's sort of a weird one, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, that's cool. a great choice. That's great it's a, choice. It's, I never it, it reminds me so much of Halloween. There was a period oh, in God, my life yeah. when I would go see it all the time. I would, you know, I was one of those guys <laughs> that would go to the theater and bring the toilet paper. But there's something <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a terrible movie, but that's the fun of it. That's oh, the yeah. fun. It's, it's camp. It's high, high, high camp. High camp. But there's just something so fun about it. To me, it's like a fun Halloween party. Don't get strung out by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. But by night, I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. And what's your nine? Now we'll swing back the pendulum. Oh, we'll go to swing nine? back. Yeah, and then we'll go on to nine and come Number, back. I, I have a tough time talking about this movie, and I know oh I'm pretty sure you do not like it, Jason. Ooh. The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, oh, I don't this, like that movie. And I get it, and it's very, it's very divisive. There are a lot of people who hate it. I saw it. I think I saw it at the right time because mm-hmm. we all know this was like one of the first found footage movies. And at the time that I saw it, uh, Kate and I saw it at the Angelica, and this was right at that point where. You weren't sure, you know, there's all, there were, there was a lot of, I mean, I guess this is even before, like, you know, a lot of internet publicity would happen, but you, there was word on the street that this was found footage. And especially, I remember seeing the posters (laughs) at the Angelica and the Angelica showed, you know, some deep documentaries there, you know, this is a little theater downtown. So I remember like thinking, well, I can, I, I can buy that, you know, the Angelica shows serious stuff. And when we saw it, it was right around that turning point where it was sort of coming out that, no, maybe it's not really found footage. And we didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was about. (laughs) I just knew it was about a camping trip that went wrong. And this movie terrified me. Not since (laughs) the only movie, the movie before that that scared me as much as this was The Day After. Oh, I love that on TV with Jason Robards. That movie scarred me. I saw that, you know, (laughs) when we were in elementary school, maybe. I can't remember when it came out. That movie scarred me. 82, 83, somewhere Scarred me for years. (laughs) Years, years, years. It terrified me. And this movie did the same. The moment when the kid is standing in the corner and he's just looking in the corner. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, Yeah, it freaked me out. 
it scarred me. What about you? Danny, number what's nine? your number nine? Is me number nine? Yeah. Uh, mine is Jordan Peele's Get Out. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, I'm sure that may have made it or con- made consideration for some of your lists as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's certainly a modern classic, I think, as far as horror movies go. It's a game changer for horror. Um, again, if, you, if people haven't seen it, I, 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 it's really hard to talk about it because you got to it's better to go in go knowing absolutely nothing which is what Agreed. i went in knowing um and uh you know it's one of those it's one of these movies like when the thing that it is gets revealed your jaw drops and the and and it takes on another level of meaning uh, mm-hmm. and a scarier level of meaning and a more psychologically fucked up level of meaning um and uh, uh there aren't a lot of horror movies that do that 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 keep you on the on the fence that long i find that the african-american experience for me has been for the most part very good although i find it difficult to go into detail as i haven't had much desire to leave the house in a while <laughs> <laughs> we've become such homebodies yes 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 but even when you go into the city i've just had no interest the chores have become my sanctuary. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! 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 Chill, man! Get out! Chill! Get out! Chill! Chill, man! And Daniel Kaluuya, oh my God, oh my God, what a he's what a really wonderful, tremendous yeah. performance at the center of this, and he's just uh, uh, he was a, a total revelation um, for me. And again, it's it's I love movies that have that that establish a tone, and then just horror movies that establish a tone, and then just don't let up on it because this has a tone of what the fuck is actually happening here, and um, and and that tension and that that feeling of the the string being pulled or the elastic being pulled just before the breaking point for a long ass time. I love it. My number nine is, uh, uh, Chuck Russell's a nightmare in Elm street, three dream warriors. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yes. my because, God. Uh, well, because it. it is the most, you it's don't have to give perfect, me a because it's, it's the perfect <laughs> distillation of what that series is. It was the it was the peak of what that series wanted to be, did, yep. tried to be, what it became. Because the first Nightmare on Elm Street is great. It's a classic. It's it's very scary. It's 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 gory. It's it's it has it has all the um it has all the raw material for for making Freddy Krueger like a, a super iconic film creation. But I think, and I think the second movie stumbles, and I think three oh, yeah. hits the groove of. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, tension, scariness, gross out, you know, the, the gore and the humor and yes. the imagination, the imaginative visual mm. style. I think mm. Chuck Russell really got it. And I think Robert Englund really hit his groove as the character. I think my personal favorite, and I think I've said this before, in a way is the one that came after, which was the most popular one. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, was the most financially mm-hmm. successful. I think oh. it was like, that was when Freddy Krueger was like, I mean, like everybody had a t-shirt of Freddy Krueger. It was like really <laughs> big. That was going into my junior into senior year of high school was Nightmare 4. And 
it was probably the slickest, had the biggest budget, everything else. Be- but that was possible and that was as successful as it was, not as beloved in retrospect, but as big as it was because number three, Dream Warriors, just kind of hit the nail on the head in uh in, in a pretty spectacular fashion. I just think it's great. I think it's great. Really, really fun. The the, the visual gags, like it's Patricia Arquette, right? Like getting yeah, kind Patricia of Arquette, e- yep. eaten oh. by that Freddy snake worm yep. thing. I mean, it's, it's really great that the, the the television in the hospital with, you know, th- th- there's something about that. The idea of like, oh, that's that of like Freddy okay. torturing like these, these kids yeah. in this asylum, essentially. How do you succeed in this business? You don't study. always say you have to study. I think you should study. Death, study, work, and then maybe you can make it. Can I ask you something? Certainly. Who gives that fuck what you think? <laughs> this is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a Freddy Krueger fan, and that's the one I chose to and put on my list. And you can't leave out the song. We're the dream warriors. Oh, you cannot leave that. Don't out. Don't dream no oh, Dokken, rocking oh, with Dokken. You're, you're you're taking. Yeah, I got. I have a lot to say about that movie. <laughs> uh, so, oh, maybe it's on somebody that's, else's list. Um, maybe I'm on. Oh, that's fantastic. Let me say, we're uh, uh, what are we on? Number oh. eight. Yes, I'll, so I'll give my number eight and then oh, we'll right, peel back through. Okay. So my number eight is Poltergeist. Toby Ooh, Hooper, yeah. Poltergeist. That's Poltergeist. my number seven. Ah, ah, ah. It is easily the the scariest movie of my childhood, certainly. You know, mm. like the, the, the thing that I, probably the, the first scary movie that I saw as a kid because it was Spielberg. I mean, it wasn't Spielberg, but it was. And and people say, you know, the rumor has it that Spielberg was very hands on with it, um, kind of yeah. that maybe he kind of directed it. And it was almost because it wasn't his thing that he was known for more. The you know, I mean, E.T. came out a couple of weeks either before or after this movie. I mean, yeah. and and they're very similar in some ways. They're both like these California suburbs and and, the, you know, these there, there's something about the the texture of, mm-hmm. of a, of a Spielberg similar, family. Yeah. Well, you we know, talked about that like, in another episode. There was a yes. point where like Spielberg was producing so much stuff. Like mm-hmm. I always thought Spielberg did direct Poltergeist. Well, it was kid. like Gremlins. It was the Gremlins yeah. episode because that's when Amblin yeah. was starting to really right, put out right, things right. where he was such a star. Spielberg was the star. So his name was front and center. Would so elevate yeah, it. the yeah, posters, right. right? It was like Steven Spielberg presents, presents. Poltergeist, Gremlins, yeah. Back to the Future. Right. And the directors were as talented as they were in their own right. They were, yeah. it was always Spielberg's name that that uh, came first. But yeah, um, it's just so good. Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams as the parents, they're so good. And there's so much, again, they feel like, those families in E.T., in Jaws, in Close Encounters, Close that encounters, texture. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what makes it such an effective movie. But you take that Spielberg you take that family Spielberg. and you put them in peril, involved, make them really and you, and in you danger. Put the, yeah, your suburban ranch house is built on top yeah. of a, a burial <laughs> ground. Okay, okay, just stand right here, okay? Huh? Now listen. Listen, uh, I've kept Dana and Robbie out of this, but Carolyn was here, so she knows, all right? But Dana would blab, you know, and Robbie, he'd be up for three weeks. No, I think you should sit down, right? No, 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 now just stand, okay? Now just be calm, okay? Now reach back into our past when you used to have an open mind, remember that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, just try to use that for the next couple of minutes, okay? Mother didn't cook any dinner. We'll go to Pizza Hut, okay? 
Okay, now, now just look. Just look. Just watch. The meat on top of the refrigerator is crawling off of the fridge with maggots that in your bathroom mirror you can see your skin peel off. I mean, oh, it's that just... Scene, that's the one I remember I mean, the I, most. And I'll, again, I've already given... That's, that's my number seven. Yeah. But like mm. that scene... I couldn't watch that. I was so scared. Yeah. That was one of the first away. movies I remember where I was like, just hearing about it scared me. Good. And it took everything in my power to finally sit down in my parents' room and watch that scene in particular. Oh, yeah. Like I would watch the movie with my friends. And when I knew that scene was Shut coming, I would get up and leave. I would, no, I wouldn't I would just shut close my eyes. My eyes. <laughs> I would leave. And I remember finally watching that and j- just... Yes, absolutely horrifying. I agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, it's it was, and it's also, you know, growing up in the suburbs, it was just seemed like, it, well, you know, we live in houses it like felt that. felt like it trees. could happen in yes. your house. And that was That's what was right. so scary. And, and because nothing's safe, there's children involved. You know, usually you see these things and it's like, yeah, okay, this is, this is somehow removed from me, but this is like, no, it's like the, it's the, uh, the, the Amer- American nuclear family right there. Right. It's like yeah. the parents, the kids, the dog. And, and you'd think like little kids the are going to be safe. The Pathmark guy is in it. The Pathmark <laughs> guy James, is the bad guy in it. That's a brilliant piece of casting. Who's James Karen. James Karen. Who's more trusted than James Karen? <laughs> who's like this week at Pathmark meat on sale. <laughs> Meanwhile, that meat's climbing off the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and what an incredible conceit that you know, and especially you talk about uh, sub, suburban American life in the uh, in the uh, early eighties. That it's the 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 TV is like the central like uh, yes, evil that's conceit right. that the TV sucks. <laughs> Literally, right. you say like kids get sucked into TVs, like become <laughs> zombies, like staring at televisions, and the, the child is sucked into the ether. They're here. My number eight movie we've seen and talked about um, at length on the podcast, so I don't have to go too into it, but it's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just love it. And the rewatch that we did for the podcast a few weeks ago was so much fun and, and just confirmed to me what a brilliant um, movie it is. And mm-hmm. as we've, as we said, then I'll say again, it, it absolutely straddles the line brilliantly between being a horrifying and deeply funny and deeply moving zombie movie and a spoof of zombie movies yeah. at exactly the same time. And that is a brilliant tightrope walk to walk. And uh, Edgar Wright is a, is a fantastic director. I love the, I love everything about that movie. Yeah. That's fantastic. My number eight, I had William Friedkin's the exorcist, <gasps> which is a movie Gary. that I have seen twice in my life. <laughs> oh, And that was two times too many. It, it terrified me. I mean, talk about a movie about tone and just yes. setting it up there. And the, the the first time I saw it, it must have been on cable, I guess. And then I saw it again. They re-released it. And I saw it at the, what was it? It was on 43rd Street. It was, I want to, the Astor Place yes, Theater, yes. I think. It was, it was an mm. enormous The, the huge theater. one right there. Yeah, yeah right. That huge. was in Times Square. I went to screen. see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend Travis and I went to see, and they added this scene that was cut with this, the, it's, it's known as the infamous yes. spider walk. Yeah, I saw yeah, it. Yeah. And from start to finish 
Uh, I mean, my friend Travis was making fun of it because he's, he's a really big guy, big guy, you know, from Nebraska, Cornhusker. <laughs> and he wanted to go see it. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go. <laughs> he's like, don't worry about it. You know, you can, you can hold on to me. And I was, I was <laughs> grabbing onto him. I mean, from start to finish, it's brilliantly structured. It's so well-paced. It's well-made and uh, it's fucking terrifying. You don't get the, better the than Ellen Burstyn and, uh, and Linda Blair. I mean, as a duo, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, they're both killing it. They're killing yeah. it in this movie. And you know, all these movies get elevated when there are top notch actors in them mm-hmm. and they usually lose my, like you mentioned Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street one, Jason, I did a rewatch of that list uh, recently. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't get into it at all because the acting is so poor from every actor <laughs> in it. They're all bad in it. And so when there's good acting in any of these movies, just elevates it way up. Um, my number seven is David Cronenberg's The Fly. Ah, with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. I did a rewatch of it recently. Uh, mm. My wife had never seen it. I said, oh, we're watching The Fly. We got to watch this. Uh, she wasn't as into it as I was, but I was, <laughs> I mean, I'm full freight on that movie. I, I think love it. The, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it's it. And movie. just... I mean, it's Jeff Goldblum. It's Jeff Goldblum. And he's basically a superhero in it. I mean, he becomes a superhero midway through the movie and then is dying because he's a superhero. That's that's such a brilliant conceit right there. Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Insects don't have politics they're very brutal no compassion no compromise we can't trust the insect i'd like to become the first insect politician you see i'd like to uh, but oh I'm afraid, uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. What Goldblum is doing once he gets out of there as he's slow in the beginning stages of his coming of his becoming the fly is mm-hmm. brilliant. These little twitches and these little ticks he's doing yeah, he's and so eating the sugar and, and, and just talking a mile a minute. It's a pretty sparse screenplay before that point. And then it gets dense and it's because he has shifted and because his mind is going a mile a minute. It's a brilliantly, brilliantly done I, movie. I and still, it's so fucking gross. It's, the last I was going to say, it's it's I, I still can't, disgusting. I can't do an arm wrestle to this day because yeah. I always think of that wrist snap. Oh God. Uh, that, uh, that's, uh, that's a story I have. I don't know if we'll wind up getting to that, this movie in more length than a future episode whenever it came out in 86, but I still remember vividly being in the movie theater I snuck in to see it, me and my friend. We snuck in to see it. I, yes. it to me, that is the gr- the hardest part of the movie to watch. Ooh, I, uh, and I've seen it many times. And the, the snapping the wrist is the hardest thing to watch. And uh, it's uh, chilling. It's horrifying. And I remember seeing it when I was in a theater, the big empty theater. It was like a Tuesday matinee. It was me and uh, my friend. And in another part of the theater, there was a middle-aged African-American woman and her two small children or grandchildren 
and they were watching it. And I remember thinking at the beginning, I was like, this is not going to be great for them. I don't know much about this, but I know it's not going to be good for these kids. And when the arm snapped, one kid shot up, screamed, ran all the way out of this theater. I mean, he was sitting down towards the front. I mean, it was a big theater and he was sitting down to the front. So it's like, ah, like running. Had to get and had to go past a lot of seats, empty seats, but he had to like go make his way to an aisle. He was like, ah, so he cut across and then ran past me up the aisle. And the other kid vomited. The other kid just stood up and went, and the the grandmother was like, oh, no, no. And And I was like, that's the mark of a great movie. Um, My number seven is... Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yay. Um, actually directed by uh, Henry Selick uh, in 1993. I think mm. there is, uh, it, you know, I mean, Halloween movies, there's no more joyful or playful exploration of what makes Halloween Halloween than than this movie, I think. I think the, the yeah. animation and the music are beyond impressive. The... Uh, you know, it's it says Nightmare Before Christmas and there are Christmassy elements and this and that. But it really, when you watch it again and I watched it again recently, it's 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 much more a Halloween movie than a Christmas movie. Um, it's so fun. Halloween Town, that song at the beginning is so I've never seen great. it. You've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. No. Holy one sh- of the, shit. Do you have Disney oh, Plus? You love it. We yeah. do. I know, I'm sure. Watch it. And watch it's, it. It's just it's one of those movies that I always miss. It's Halloween. Oh, it's, it's so, such wonderful. good music. It's such great It's all Danny music. Elfman, right? It's all Danny Elfman. And it's, it's so... And it's beautifully made artistically. It's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's very yeah. funny. Catherine O'Hara is a standout. She yes. uh, she plays <laughs> Sally, the romantic interest, oh. who's a lovely character. She has a beautiful singing voice, and she also she does double duty in the film. She also plays one of the three kids, uh, Lock, Stock, and I Barrel. Love the kids. Who, uh, she's the little Kidnapped girl. Kidnapped the Sandy Claus. Yeah. I got something. Listen now. This one is real good. You'll see. We'll send a present to his door upon your feet. My number's my number seven's poltergeist, and I agree with everything you said. <laughs> I, it was, it's, it's just a terrifyingly fun movie, and I, you know, it has a very special place in my heart. That's it. Number six, my number six, Witches of Eastwick. I think it's a, it's a sexy, funny, adult Halloween movie in a way. It's very much about the battle of the sexes. It's very funny that it uh, says basically women are, <laughs> from the male perspective, women are witches. From the female perspective, <laughs> men are devils. The devil. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the, I think the autumnal New England setting also makes me think Halloween very much. Uh, you know, it feels like that's that little town of Eastwick is as much a character as Nicholson's Daryl van horn uh and it's sarandon and who i can't remember it's uh it's share susan sarandon <laughs> and michelle pfeiffer. michelle pfeiffer oh my god and this was share wow. at her height this was the same year she uh, did moonstruck and won the oscar um oh for goodness sake i gotta do a rewatch of this i have it's been a I thousand years it love it yeah. i've seen it a million times i saw it on opening day i remember getting dropped off at the movie theater on opening day in 1987 in the afternoon to watch it my grandfather dropped me i was like i wanted to see it cool. see the movie june 12th 1987 i believe um i don't know why i remember i was just you know i was very into 
very into movies at that time. I was in high school. I was like, I was trying to see everything, everything, everything. And I was really looking forward to this. And I remember feeling very cool because it felt like it was a, it felt like a very adult movie and it is, it's a rated R movie or whatever, but you know, it's a silly movie in a lot of ways, but I was like, mm. you know, it's based on this John Updike novel and it had this pedigree oh and God. George wow. Miller, this great director. And it was all these kind of, you know, it was just felt, it felt like I was like doing a very adult thing on a, fr- <laughs> on, a fr- on a rainy Friday afternoon as yeah. if it was an indie film or something. And I remember there were only like adults in the theater, you know, and I kind of felt, I just felt very cool, but I, uh, but I, I love the movie. I love it. I think it's really fun. I think it's uh, along with the Joker, kind of the most fun that Nicholson, ha- you know, most juicy fun he has on screen in a, in a role. Um, and then it, towards the end, it goes full horror movie and he kind of becomes a monster towards the end and starts like galumphing through his mansion with claws and paws. And he's just he's wow. he's a uh, he's fantastic. Just tell me, what do you want from us? A- I want somebody to I want somebody to pay a little attention to me. I want a little respect. I want somebody to take care of me for a change. Huh? How about that? What do I want? Christ! What does man want? What is your number six, Dan? It's okay, it's me. Uh, my number six. I love this movie. Um, Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon's The Cabin in the Woods. Mm. Yeah, you've um, raved about that movie. I love it. Have you guys ever seen it? I've still no. not seen it. Okay. I think I would like it. I really highly recommend it to everyone because it is an homage to every horror movie. Literally. It is the, the ignore the trailers. They don't do it justice. Ignore any reviews, unfavorable reviews you've seen of it because they don't get it. Hmm. Um, they really don't. And, and the thing about it is that, you know, it starts in the way so many horror movies start teenage kids on a trip they they stop at the gas station they meet the creepy old man at the gas station who's like don't you don't want to go down that road you know and he's got the crazy eye or whatever and they go anyway and they show up at the cabin and it's creepy and they find these creepy things in the cabin all horror movie tropes and then it makes the left turn of all left turns just go in go into it um hoping to have a good time and i guarantee you you will if you give yourself over to what this movie Mm. is actually doing because it is so fun and so clever it's so fucking clever and so well done in how they do it and and it uh, um um the the fact that it's clever this is going to sound strange the fact of its cleverness makes it creepier Mm -hmm. because it's it's almost meta in a way it's almost like saying something to the audience that is watching it. And I love that about it. And that makes it creepier and funnier and more clever uh, because it's because of that multi-leveledness of it. I love it. It it, it has been spoiled for me by, uh, so I'm not going to spoil it, but I, okay. and I, so I, I know a lot about what, and I think I would really like it. I think that's oh, the yeah. kind of meta thing that I, yeah. I really, yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But um, super fun. That's great. Super, yeah. I've heard great fun. things about it. Um, I love Fred. It. My number six is, again, I think it's a movie that is not liked by uh, my friend Dan here, but I love it. American Werewolf in London. Oh. I feel like you've always professed to not like that movie. I you, always I, feel like that's a movie that, unlike Shaun of the Dead, doesn't know what it wants to be. It's trying yes, to I know. have I've, its, I've heard you say that before. It has its feet in both 
both sides of it is a thing and it's a spoof of a thing, but it's too much of one and not enough of the other for me. Yeah. Mm. I loved it. I, I love it. And it's also, it just, it holds again, a, a special place in my heart because it was one of the, the first horror movies. Like, I mean, obviously Ichabod Crane was the first scary thing. I mentioned that earlier, but this was like the, <laughs> one of the first horror movies that I saw. And it was, I saw it when and I've talked about this before when I was going to that camp horizons where I was, it was like the film and TV camp and I was blown away. I mean, it was the first time just the, the, the special effects, the Rick Baker yes. special effects. Fantastic. Just Fantastic. Unbelievable. And I love the Griffin Dunn character. I see, I, I really, I enjoyed the humor of it. Um, and those it was scenes just are very those, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always liked it. And I like that. It's like a classic, uh, you know, as a kid, my favorite monster was always, you know, the universal monsters is always the werewolf. Oh, okay. So, the wolf man. Yeah. yeah the, the, the wolf man. Sorry. The yeah. wolf man. Yeah. I love the wolf man. Yeah. And so this was, uh, you know, the, I was excited. I was like, oh, cool. It's, it's a wolf man movie. And it scared the fuck out of me as a kid. And the special effects, I was so like, what? What am I Yeah, watching? when his face grows and oh, like God. becomes the snout of the thing. That's mm-hmm. incredible. And his hand. The I'll hand never forget like bigger, him looking yeah. at his hand. Now that I, I, actor. I'm, I'm sorry, I called you Meatloaf Jack. That's Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. David Naughton. David Naughton, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? <laughs> but didn't he also have like a, a bit, wasn't he making it? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, like that's him. So he he that's had him. his. He was like a singing star as well as. Yeah. A, what did yeah. he do after American Werewolf? Not much. I think he was on a television show. He did. I think he was in Hot Dog the movie, the ski movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, why are we not reviewing that? Come on. We, we yeah. might. We, we were, might. We'll, when we we'll run do our out. favorite uh, sex ski comedies. Good. You know, we'll do that <laughs> list. But yeah, I love it. American <sighs> Werewolf. It's a, it's a ton of fun. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I do like that movie. It's not one that I've seen that often, but I, I, I do really enjoy it. What's your number five, Fred? My mm. number five, Young Frankenstein. Ah! You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a scary movie. It's not a horror movie, but we were just talking about the universal oh, monster movies. Uh, it's just, it's just one of the great movies of all time. It's it's great. It almost was on my list. All time. It it's great for and Halloween time. It's a yeah. great Halloween movie, you know, and it just, it, it, it Mel Brooks, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because hopefully we'll, it'll come up on one of our mm-hmm. episodes, but he just nails it. He nails, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a brilliantly written script. I mean, we can, we can talk for hours just about that movie, but just in terms of it being a Halloween movie, he just gets that tone. Yeah. Right. It's just such a great homage to that style of movie. It just, you know, you could, you could start watching it. And if you didn't know, you'd be like, oh, I'm watching, you know, an old Boris Karloff Frankenstein mm-hmm. movie. Yes. Just right from the start, he gets it. Yeah. Now, that brain that you gave me, was it Hans Delbrooks? No. Ah. Good. Uh... Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long 
Dan, what's your number five? Ooh, number five. A movie we've talked about on this podcast at length. Love it so much. John Carpenter's The Thing. That's my oh. number five as well. Is it really? It is. That's my number five. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, go back to our wonderful episode mm-hmm. where we talk about The Thing, Megaforce, Blade Runner, <laughs> and something else. Monty and Python. You will, and Monty Python. And you'll hear all about the thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, again, another one of these movies that is tone, 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 right? Yeah. Visually, music, shots, everything until it goes and goes off the rails. Yeah. And those are the kind of horror movies I like. Yeah. 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 I love it. I, I, I wish that was, I, I had a hard time keeping that off my list. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's because it's a movie, it's one of, it's one of the better movies that I've seen in a long time. You know, I just, I, yeah. I think I told you on that episode, it was the first time that I'd watched it all the way through. Ah. Uh, and yeah. And I only, I only kept it off of my list just because some other things got on there yeah. really for nostalgia reasons, which maybe isn't <laughs> the best reason, but it's, it's a fucking brilliant movie. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the creepiest film on my list. It's definitely the biggest, has the biggest gross out factor of any movie on my list. And, uh, oh, yeah. and I think it's maybe the best one to watch in a dark room on Halloween night. I mean, I, I've done that before. I was at, uh, and oh my God, it is just, it, it is a, it's very much a, what the fuck is going to happen next movie. And it, 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 it grabs you and it doesn't let go. And yeah, I think it's pretty perfect. Yeah. We talked about it at length. It's great. Yeah. Listen, go back and listen to that episode. If you want to hear us talk about the thing at length, but my number four is Shaun of the Dead. That's uh, Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. I love that movie so much. I think it was one of the first ones I gave a 10 Sheila rating to here. Yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. I could watch it. I could watch it any day of the week. Um, And I also think, you know, and and the damp chill of a a good uh, UK film. That's always very (laughs) Halloween as well. Um, Yeah, it's just it's just fantastic. You said everything uh, that uh, that needs to be said about it, Dan. And and we did in our earlier episode as well. If I could only watch one apocalyptic end of days zombie movie in my lifetime, I'd be very happy for it to be this one. (laughs) That would be it. I would agree with Um, you there. uh, Dan, you're number four. Uh, The movie you might have heard of. John Carpenter's Halloween. Ah. We may have talked about it at some point. Can't wait for you to fart that. If you don't fart that later. Oh, wait till you see. I've been working on it. I bet you have. All I'll say is I didn't expect it to be as high on the list as it wound up being. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to put it up there at number four because after this rewatch, I was like, oh, man, this is this is even better than I thought it was. And uh um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Freddie, what's your number four? My number four is a movie that I went to based on your suggestion because I was in Iowa filming something and I was going to go see Wolverine. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh, And I was going to go, there was another movie playing. It was a horror movie. And I was like, well, I don't really go see horror movies, but I was like, Hey, and I think I texted you. I was like, hey, Jason, is Wolverine worth seeing? And you're like, no, it's fucking awful. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll I'll go see this horror movie in the middle of Iowa. 
And so Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Oh, yes, I, I love, love it. That I love it. It, I it was almost on my list. It was on every blast. version of oh. my list until today. And it's God not on there. And I'm glad somebody's it. talking about it because I yeah, love it. I'm so glad you're talking about I it. I had so much fun. It's and brilliant. I went to it it's, because I read, I remember I read really good reviews. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll give this a try. And then I was like, well, it's either, you know, shitty Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie or, <laughs> or this. And I was like, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And I, it was like a true, it, it was just a horror fun house. Yes. yes. It was yeah. scary and fun. And yep. it was like when those screams came, you were laughing and screaming. Oh my God. And I mean, Talk the about old I don't want to woman, get, the old oh, oh my god, woman in the She's car so with her. Oh, that's god. so Sam Raimi. That mo- the, all, was, that whole yes, sequence. It, it was Sam Raimi just unleashed, and yeah. it, it, I, I just had an absolute blast. I was so happy that I saw it, and that I saw it in a packed movie theater yeah. where everyone was just screaming and laughing our ass. It, it's a blast. It's like I said, I just kept thinking, I'm like, wow, that was like the greatest. Not even like a haunted house, like a weird haunted. Fun it's house. A fun house. It's experience. A fun house. It really was. And I mean, again, I don't want to give anything away, but they stick to the ending with the name. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's uh, so, it's so good. It, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great the way it uh, ends. Uh, uh, yeah. I love it's it. Really it's really good. It's, what it, happened to her? She never Allison did anything. Alison Lohman, right? Alison oh, yeah. Lohman. What I love her. She was wonderful in that. My number three is Get Out. Mm-hmm. And I almost second that, that almost went even higher. Mm-hmm. I just think that movie was one of, if not the best movie that came out that year. It blew me away on so many different levels. Just like you said, Dan, I mean, I don't want to repeat too much, but I didn't see it when it first came out because again, I was like, well, it's not really my type of movie. I'm not going for the scary stuff. And that's what I thought it was. And I, I didn't know. You know, yeah, right. What it was really about, which yep. I was so glad, oh, so glad. Um, and I remember I was getting, I was, I was getting my hair cut, and people started to talk about it, and I was, I was like, because <laughs> I knew I was like, with me with horror movies, there, I know there are certain movies that I want to see, but I can't see them, like like Stephen King's It, which was almost on my oh, list as well. Ooh. I really wanted to see it, but I knew I couldn't because I don't, I need, I need to like build myself up to watch it. Yes, you know. Yeah. So the same thing with Get Out. At this point, I was like, all right, I know. I'm getting ready to see it. I'm going to watch it because now it's on cable. It just came out and like, I'm going to watch it. So I was geared up and then they started to talk about it. And I just immediately, I was like, no, stop, stop, stop. Like I was yelling at these strangers in the barbershop. <laughs> I saw it once and I was just blown away. And I subsequently, it was one of those things where it was on cable a lot. So I must've watched it four or five times. Oh, really? Shortly mm. afterwards, like it, within the same week. Oh, Wow. And it never lost any of it. If, if, if anything else, every time I watched it, I just thought it was more and more brilliant oh, because wow. I saw so many little things, like just the tiniest little details that I missed. Every time I watched it, I saw something different. If it comes on, I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to watch this again because it constantly <laughs> surprises me, even though I know what's going on. That's awesome. Every time I see something different and I just think it's so brilliantly mm. made nice. uh so it, you know in in many ways just just it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time mm. um but it's uh yeah I, I i had to put it on this list nice yeah nice fredo 
My number yes. three is Ridley Scott's Alien. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of, that was on my, my short list. Yeah. My three, two, and one are three of my favorite movies. Th- these three might go on my all-time favorite movies list. I, think um, I know what my your number, number one, one is, definitely does. Yeah. My number yeah. one definitely does. But this one might as well, and my number two might as well. Um, Alien is, again, this is my jam. This is my wheelhouse. Long tone and atmosphere sequences that 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 sort of linger and stretch out and set the tone the tone the tone of the movie before the thing happens mm-hmm. <laughs> before the thing goes i mean it's a good chunk of time before what happens to john hurt happens to him mm-hmm. and then of course the thing goes off the rails but um you know just these long stretches of quiet and silence and just little computery noises and them talking and you know, uh, um, even just the beginning sequence of them waking up or getting woken yeah. up by mother. And also just sort of the bigger message of what this movie is saying, you know, about like um, we're expendable to the corporation, essentially. Hmm. We're expendable to the corporation. And that is uh, deeply powerful to me. So it works on all levels. And the first thing that I'm going to do when I get back is to get some decent food. Digging, digging, man. I'm telling you, I'm eating bridge food in this, but then I'm tasting better, you know what I'm saying? The other one over there. You pound down the stuff like this. Uh-huh. And I'd rather be eating something else, but uh, right now I'm digging food. Uh, you, know, you just know you know what it's made of. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. I don't Here we are with Sigourney Weaver again. God, she's fucking good at it. And you don't know that she's the main character. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's no. going to be the main character. I mean, it's like lifeboat. You know, it's like who's mm. going to make it and who isn't. You truly do not know until the last moment that she's going to. Well, I'm giving it away. But you know what I mean? But that is her movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a fucking brilliant movie. Even the tagline and the poster for Alien, which I had, in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> yeah. Has there ever been a more perfect tagline? It's ah. so good. Oh, my God. It's so so good. good. My number three is Beetlejuice. Uh, I knew it. I knew it was going to be up there. It's got to be on there. It's so good. Very Tim Burton's fun. Beetlejuice. I, you know, I remember I still, I watched it again recently and I thought the same thing that I, uh, I thought this, the first time I saw it when I was in high school and it first came out, I was like, how, I saw that on opening night and I was like, how are people around me? I know, I get that I'm digging it. I'm a weirdo. I can't believe so many people <laughs> are digging it. I can't <laughs> believe it's the number one movie this weekend. I can't believe it's getting this guy, this 30-year-old, the job to direct Batman next year. <laughs> How can something so weird and wild so and quirky. Weird. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. It marches to the beat of its own drummer so so purely and so consistently. And it, it was so popular. I'm like, how did he do What did he tap into? And what he tapped into was something that 
people didn't even know they were kind of thirsty for and that and he you know and he and he exploited it with Edward Scissorhands and and right. Ed Wood and ever and any number of movies I oh, mean God, this Edward vein so this very very specific style and it's a visual style and a sense of humor and it, it comes in the music the Danny Elfman music and and everything else it's just it just feels so right. And it's uh, even the Batman movies, especially Batman Returns, you know, yes. has very much the Beetlejuicey feel, like the the the, the beating heart of Tim Burton. I, who knew it would appeal to so many people? But it really does. And just Keaton is is perfect. He's got it. He's got a danger to him that other comedians might not have brought to it. He's it's like scary. you never know what he's going to do next. You never know what he's going to do next. And he's actually on top of being funny. He's gross and scary and he's kind of changing it up on you constantly he's creepy are you a ghost too i'm the ghost with the most babe you know you look like somebody i can relate to maybe you could maybe you could help me get out of here you know because i gotta tell you this uh this death thing it's just too creepy it's a i think it's a great halloween movie um just feels like a Halloween party, the whole thing. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're exactly right. Uh, my number two is Ghostbusters, which we spoke about <gasps> at length a few weeks ago. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. is along with along with Hocus Pocus. It's the one that we. It's that's the double feature every <laughs> Halloween that Kate and I watch. But um, it is you know it's it's so funny. It's so it's irreverent, but it's also spooky. It's also scary. That scene where the demons kind of take Sigourney Weaver when the, those arms come through the chair it and is pull her out of the apartment yeah. is f- as fucking frightening as anything in Poltergeist to me. <laughs> um, to me, what's Halloween about Ghostbusters is that really it's a bunch of grown men playing dress up and playing at something and trying to own it. They don't know that they can do this. They don't know that, you know, they're putting this on and being like, this is the uniform of a man in this profession. <laughs> but the profession doesn't exist. They've made it up and they're yeah, trying to go to a firehouse to do yeah, it right? and slide down the fire pole because yeah. they're playing pretend. That's a it's, good point. It's, it's a Halloween costume that becomes a vocation. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it. Will there be any more of them? <coughs> Sir, what you had there was what we refer to as a focused, non-terminal repeating phantasm or a class 5 full-roaming vapor. Real nasty one, too. Well, now, <coughs> let's talk seriously. Now, for the entrapment, we're going to have to ask you for four big ones, $4,000 for that. But we are having a special this week on proton charging and storage of the beast, and that's only going to come to $1,000, fortunately. $5,000? I had no idea to be so much. I won't pay it. Well, that's all right. We can just put it right back in there. Thank oh, you. Oh, we certainly can, no, Dr. Beckman. No, no, no. All right. Anything. Thanks so much. And again, yeah. another great fun one to watch on Halloween. As you can see, my my list skews more towards the, the, the fun, the fun. Uh, yeah. than, the, than the scary. But, but that may change. When we oh, get to number oh, one, but oh, it's uh, oh. but now it's not. It's uh, now it's in your hands, boys. All right, now, number two, Dan. What's yours? Um, this is my, this movie is my kind of fun for Halloween or for any time of the year. It's Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <gasps> I love that movie. Actually. Okay, can you believe I'm, that I love it? I love. I it. can't believe that you love it, Jason. I'm I am shocked by that as well. In a way that you love it, I I. And I'll tell you, you talk about it and I'll just tell you sure, my experience no, with it. It didn't make, it did not make my list, but it was in the running. 
And uh, I only saw this movie as an adult, only a only like, gosh, I want to say within the last 10 years, it was when I was still living in New York. Um, Mm. But it was and it was I definitely it was the first time it was in Forest Hills. My buddy Chris Swan uh, and I watched it and he was like, you never seen this? I said, no, I have it. Somebody gave me the DVD or the Blu-ray of it or something. And he was like, oh, we're watching this right now because you need to see this. I thought, okay. And he said, like, strap yourself in. By the time it ended, I was like, that was <laughs> harrowing. <laughs> harrowing. <laughs> I can count on one hand the number of movies that actually put you, make you question whether you're okay. <laughs> like, am I going to make it the next five minutes after this movie? It is, it, it's, uh, it, it's and it never. I mean, I mean, talk about setup, talk mm-hmm. about tone. It does the same thing that Alien does, same thing Halloween does, same thing the Thing does, same thing you know uh, Babadook does. It's these long stretches of just setting up the tone. They get in a car, they go, they go, they go. They pick up the hitchhiker, they go, they go. You know, they get they they walk around the house. They're, what the fuck is this place? Blah, blah, blah. And then. Holy fucking uh, insane <laughs> madness beyond anything you ever could have imagined. Uh, and just brutal brutality, yes. sheer brutality. Mm. The chicken, the chicken feathers everywhere. The, the, yes. the hooks, the, 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 the drying or dried, um, um, uh, uh, uh animal skins mm-hmm. everywhere. The, the way this movie feels Makes you feel sick. Yes. It that was one of those movies, we, and we've talked about this before, about like going into old video stores. And that was like, that <sighs> was the movie that I would always see in the horror section. And just yeah. looking at like the box made me feel <sighs> dirty. Like I wanted to take a shower. Like oh, I did yeah. something wrong. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. yeah I yeah. was like, no, I, I need to walk away. Yeah, I need you're to go you're to the- being punished by looking at the box, by knowing, yeah, by knowing that that existed, by knowing yes. it was out there, you were being yeah. punished. <laughs> you're so right. You have to wash this movie off of you. If <laughs> the, you think about it for the, a few minutes, the, the scene, I, I, I the I only thing I can say. think the old man being nursed. Yeah. Oh God. That, yeah. At that that fucking oh crazy dinner table, it is which is mm, endless. It's endless. It's it madness. goes on forever. It's maddening. Yeah, it's madness, and it's you wonder if it will ever end. And it, but it is darkly, darkly funny. It's like yes, it is. I mean, you can't. It's so fucked up. You can't not yeah. laugh at it. And then, yeah. in terms of short, like the blunt, brutal is a great word. The bluntness oh. of the. The the sound that moment where Leatherface that that one guy I can't remember it but it's I it's know like exactly yeah it's like all of a sudden he's there yeah hits him yeah and then yes yes the, 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 the hitting the guy I'm, and then I'm so surprised that you know this movie Jason dude it, it had something else going on there was something absolutely it's not just it, a slasher movie about Leatherface kills people yeah it is a it's it's a crazy tone poem that fucking gets inside your brain and makes your brain feel like you need to wash your brain (laughs) fred what's your number two this is a tough one my number my one and two i've been i've been just staring at my list and flipping them back and forth oh well you're gonna get to say your two followed by your one so you can switch them you can do whatever you can can talk about them together you You can talk squish them yeah you can squish i'm gonna squish them and you're gonna laugh at me oh god so i'm going freddy all the way (gasps) My number two is Nightmare on Elm Street, and my number one 
is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the motherfucking Dream Warriors. <laughs> Holy Jesus shit. The motherfucking Christ. Dream Warriors. And I'll tell you why. Now, a lot of this is nostalgia. Oh, I love you know? it, Fred. And, I'm and, proud. And Dan, you're absolutely right. I rewatched them again. The acting is fucking terrible. It's it's horrendous. Um, the not first from one, Robert England. So no, Robert, Robert England. Robert England's great. And it He's gets funny. better in the third yeah. one. But those movies... You know, we've talked about this in podcasts before, being at the right age for movies. I was at the right age for that. So when the first one came out, I was a little too young. I didn't see it. I, I remember when I did see it. I went, me and my friends Damon, who I've talked about, and Josh and Joe Salvatore and the whole VBC gang, we went to go see <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 2 had just come out. So we saw a daytime double feature of Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and two. So that was the first time. So the first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street was in the theaters, mm, but it nice. was when two came out. Two is terrible. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's an abomination. Two sucks. No. And it, and it goes off in a different direction. Yeah. But one for me at that time, first of all, it was, you know, it was, a, it was one of the first scary movies that I saw in a movie theater. And it was that character. It was something so different. Different. The character of Freddy Krueger was so terrifying to me. The fact that you, he comes to you when you fall asleep. Everyone yeah. falls asleep. Yep. You can't not fall asleep. What the <laughs> right. fuck are you going to do? Right. I have to go to sleep. I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> now Freddy's going to fucking come. <laughs> and we just ate it up. Yeah. I'd never seen gore special effects like that they were just so crazy mm. and outlandish you know seeing tina getting tossed around the room oh, being yeah. torn up with that guy's in the corner going tina yeah. tina yeah. you know johnny depp the iconic scene of just the blood oh the shooting fountain out of, of the blood bed. yeah oh the effects you are know, amazing we're gonna talk yeah, about this movie in a couple of weeks it's i know uh, so i don't so i won't oh, go no, too no, much no, no, into i'm not it. saying you can't but i'm just um, like oh wow we're really gonna actually like watch it and do a deeper then, dive soon why i think what but then dream warriors was my number one because i was already set up so when Dream Warriors came out. We were full Freddy. Yeah, it was baby. exciting. It was like, holy shit, this third movie's coming back. And apparently, from the stuff we're reading in Fangoria magazine, it's gonna like I didn't even know the term retcon. Like they were just gonna ignore part two. Right. I'm like, what? That's oh, wow. weird. That I seems really that. strange. But part three, I absolutely everything that you said, Jason, I agree with it. It it was still terrifying and scary, but it started to find the fun in it. And really in the end, the biggest thing, Dokken did the theme song. <laughs> I mean, we sang it before. And if my wife weren't sleeping right now and I wasn't terrified that she was going to wake up and kill me, I would scream that song at the top of my lungs, which oddly enough, Jason and I did yes. when I was living on the Lower East Side and I almost got killed by my neighbor. Yeah, your neighbor came to the door. Because we were Bang screaming in the top of our lungs. We're the dream warriors. Ain't gonna Don't want to sleep no more. more. Yeah, ain't gonna dream no more. It was, I just, that everything about that movie, I just love it. Uh, it brings me back to being a kid and seeing it. Yeah. And that's, that's my number one, my number wow. one Halloween movie. Bravo, Fred. Is this my number one already? Two I think I know one. what your number one is. I know. Then. I think uh, we all know. My number one horror movie is also my number one movie of all time. Wow. My favorite movie of all time. 
It's Alfred Baby's Hitchcock. It's got <laughs> Baby Days Out. It's Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yes. Uh, this is a movie I've I've probably seen this as much, if not more, than I've seen any other movie. So think of how many times you know I've seen. You imagine I've seen Caddyshack or you know any of these other movies I love. That's how many times I've seen Psycho. Um, and uh, I, I, it's it, it's a masterpiece on such. Uh, uh, such a level that I can't even, it's hard to even talk about my love for this movie because it's such a, it's such a part of my love for movies, like why I love it. Um, but uh, long story short, the movie teaches me something every time I watch it. It hmm. teaches me something about, about itself. I see something new hmm. in it every single time. I see something new about how Hitchcock makes movies and how movies are made, successful movies are made. Um, and, and I, I see something, I'm forever unlocking little things in Anthony Perkins's performance that I, that I didn't quite catch. Like you can get down to, you can really look at his, his performance with a scalpel and just sort of, you know, just chart it from moment beat to beat moment to moment. He's that fucking specific and that technically skilled and that emotionally invested in every, even the way he like eats bird seed or eats can he's mm. eating candy, but it's like he's eating bird seed. And there's this whole like bird metaphor in it because she's Marion Crane and all this stuff. Like there's so many mm. levels psychologically that this thing is operating on, you know, um, uh, that, that that you 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 do the movie does make you think that it is in fact Marion who is the psycho. That's the other brilliant thing this movie is doing because the whole big, again, like the other movies I've talked about, long, long stretches of setup, setup, tone, establishing tone, the Bernard Herrmann music. Everyone thinks of that high pitched, you know, violin, but it's this relentlessness, kind of like what John Carpenter is doing. And it just goes and goes, as she is trying to figure out how to how to um, uh, steal the money, go be with her lover Sam, and run basically run away together, she's having all these fantasies in her head and hearing all these conversations. She's making them up. Mm. You, as she's trying to drive away, she's got this wry sort of little smile on her face. You go, oh. If you don't know what's hap what's coming in this movie, and the audiences who saw it in the '60s did not know what was right. coming in this movie, they had no idea. They had no fucking idea what was about to happen. You think she's the psycho? Mm -hmm. He's absolutely mm -hmm. setting it up that way. And then she has a change of heart. She decides to go back, and in that moment of cleansing herself of her sin and her redemption, right at that moment of her sort of baptism, her rebirth. We know what happens. Uh, I need to rewatch this movie. Oh. I haven't. I, I haven't. Yeah. Dan makes seen it all the way through. Dan makes a lot of movies ages. better. Right? Holy when fuck! When he, talk, when he starts bringing in his Christ imagery and the baptisms and all that, <laughs> oh he's always. God. It's very good. Makes makes it it's, sound like it, a good movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not that good, but what I like about it. <laughs> no, it is brilliant, and that is no. great. That that twist that. Uh, 
And it Jesus is a Christ. twist I that did, you don't. I just said my number one movie was based on a Dawkins song. <laughs> after hearing what you just said, no. I'm ashamed no. of myself. Uh, everything that's in this movie is in that Dawkins song and in that movie. There's many, many levels. Well, I, I run the office and uh, tend the cabins and grounds and, and do little uh, errands for my mother, the one she allows I might be capable of doing. Do you go out with friends? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. You've never had an empty moment in your entire life, have you? Only my share. Where are you going? I didn't mean to pry. I'm looking for a private island. What are you running away from? Why do you ask that? People never run away from anything. My uh, my number one uh, is uh, it's probably his finest moment since declaring his love of salami. <laughs> it is it is the Scat Man <laughs> and The Shining. Yes, uh, Stanley Kubrick's. The Shining from 1980, starring, of course, Jack Nicholson in an ultra-iconic performance, Shelley Duvall, and Scatman Crothers. I, mm -hmm. I think it's... Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't on anybody uh, else's It was on my short list. list. Yeah. It was, it, no, I, that was high up there, yeah. I, I, love, I love this movie. It is so frightening. I mean, it's... It operates for me on multiple levels because as a as a huge Nicholson fan and as somebody who discovered Nicholson in kind of junior high and high school and wanted to, like, you know, absorb all his stuff that was available. I wound up seeing this a lot at a at a as a teenager and and gaining a real love and appreciation for it. It's it's unlike it's unlike any other movie I can think of. It's so it so has its own. Uh, its own personality and its own uh, tone and its own it's it's just this it's just such a isolation is the word for this movie it is such a a, a, a creepy um, isolated little world in that hotel mm. and it's um yeah it's also the perfect kind of not perfect uh, but it's also a very uh, apt covid horror movie because it is so like uh, about like you know like this kind of qu quarantining yourself away and uh yeah i know it's closed supposed to be, off yeah, yeah the, and the movie is you know stephen king it's based obviously on the stephen king novel and 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 the the whole thing is supposed to be an allegory for writer's block and uh, mm. uh you know I, we've also all been sold this uh, idea that uh in this highly stressful time, you know, being locked down during a pandemic, it's like, well, this is a great time to be creative and look at all the things you'll get done. And, uh, you know, and it's like, and I know I am one of many people I talk to who are like really struggle with that, even with all the, all the, the time afforded to you, there's something about this enforced, uh, uh, this enforced time yeah. off this enforced isolation that actually winds up robbing you of something. And, uh, makes it all the more difficult to create but yeah there's i mean there's a lot going on in this movie it's beautifully made it's it's very chilling and it's chilling on screen and off and you hear the you know there's all the stories of 
how how basically poor Shelley Duvall was kind of gaslit oh, by uh, yeah. by Kubrick uh, in the making of this. I mean, yeah. just to 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 kind of um, achieve the levels of kind of terror and discomfort that he wanted, which is which is horrible. I don't know how much is true and how much is false, but I've read a lot, and I, I, I think she she gives out a really unsettling performance and of course Nicholson's Nicholson and it's uh and and mm. and you know so many great I, iconic lines and moments and things so it, it operates on that level too as just kind of a a, a fun you know just kind of a, a great one of our great movie stars delivering some of his uh most famous moments and scenes but it's um yeah it's really it's really chilling. It's really unsettling. And, um, and it's, it sticks with me. The images stick with me. It's, um, Oh yeah. It's a very visual movie. It's so, it's so visual. It's so quiet in its way. It's so, I mean the sound, you know, that I think it's, uh, I remember reading in my, in my Pauline Kael readings as Ah. a, as a young boy, I remember reading, I think this was the first, maybe not the very first, but, um, one of the first, uh, uses of the, um, the Steadicam, like the, um, there's, uh, uh the, oh, the way no. Kubrick shot it, the oh, camera right. equipment was, uh, them, it right? was, it yeah. was the way it, fo- yeah, the way it followed, especially the, um, the, the big boy. wheel that the little yeah. boy ri- rides and, and the, the way he rides through that hotel and, and the sound of the wheels on the, the wood floor, the hard floor versus when it shifts onto the carpeting and then mm. shifts back onto the hard floor. And there's just the, the things Kubrick is doing just to kind of, unsettle you and, yeah. and, and lull you, throw you and off. throw you off and <laughs> and it's just like it's just a creepy creepy fucking movie um you yeah, feel kind of crazy yourself when you're watching it, it, it you feel yes. like a little bit like am i am i fully uh present am i fully getting am i in a dream am i digesting yeah. everything you know i have a confession to make i've never actually seen it from beginning to end in one watch oh. like i've seen mm. it in chunk i've seen the whole thing but i've seen it in chunks but never in one like sit down and watch it from beginning to end and i really need to yeah it's i haven't pretty- seen it in a long time it's been a while i think just because i was I'd seen it several times and I was like, okay, that's, that's, that scared me enough. I'm good. It's pretty (laughs) good. And and in terms of Halloween, and I just remembered this now, the first, you know, I remember being a little kid, this came out in 80. I remember being a little kid and the TV commercials being on and like being scared of the TV commercials and like being like, oh, too much. I might, I remember my sister having nightmares about the TV commercials because they would show like Nicholson with the ax and the snow going through the tunnel. It just, and even the poster, it was just a yellow poster with the, the logo, you know, the, just the, um, the title, the shining and in the T of the shining. And it was so weird that the word the was more prominent than shining in the, uh, the art of the poster, but the T of the shining has like this drawing of a scared little child's face. And it, I it just oh my remember my, my sister having nightmares about it. I didn't have nightmares about it, but I was very, I was just, you know, suitably creeped out by it. And then a couple of years after it came out. So whatever it came out in 80, probably in 81 or 82, probably 82 Halloween of 82, my sister and I out trick or treating. It's the middle of the day. We trick or treating. We come back to the house and it was like a free HBO weekend or something. One of those things. We didn't have cable, but it was like one of these, you know, free weekends where if you turn oh, your God. TV to channel three, you can, you know, you get a weekend of whatever. So it was Halloween afternoon. We walk into the house and my mother was in the other room, but she had 
the TV on and it was on The Shining. It was in the middle of The Fucking Shining. And my sister and I walk in and it's the moment where like the the furry is giving the blowjob to like the old oh. like man in the tuxedo or something. Oh, you remember God. there's a part oh, in the movie God, where it's yeah. like, because like yeah. she's seeing like, it's like, am I seeing these things? Am I seeing people? You know, like she opens up a door and there's like people in a That's bed. That's you felt too. Am I and, seeing yeah. these Yeah, things? you're like, is that real? Is that not? Fred, Fred, you went as that one Halloween, didn't you? Didn't you go I as did. that? I did. I was the furry. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and my mom made a butler. And I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. My mom made a butler. But I was like... And I'm like on Halloween afternoon, I'm in fifth grade. My sister's in third grade. We walk into the house and that's what we say. I'm like, I don't even know what happened. I was like, what is that person in the squirrel costume eating out of the lap? Of- <laughs> and the music, I was just like, what the fuck? And we were like, let's leave. Let's go back out into the streets. This It's not safe here on our own home. Happy Halloween. Um, yeah. Anyway, so The Shining. I love The Shining. Number one. And that's right. my number one. Don't hurt me. I'm not going to hurt you. Stay away from me. Wendy. Stay away. Darling, light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. Well, uh, before we, I can't wait to see what Dan has for us. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, rejoining us after our brief hiatus uh, for our uh, mega Halloween episode. Um, it's been really, really fun. We're going to return next week uh, and we're going to be revisiting November 1st of 2002. And the movies that weekend were Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love starring mm. Adam Sandler, uh, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus 2. See, we're, already, we're getting a, we're heading into the holiday season already. Uh, I actually like parts of The Santa Claus 2, if I remember it correctly. I mean, this one with Martin Short, please say yes. No, that's Santa Claus 3. Oh, damn it. That's, that's the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, I believe. No, this one does not have Martin Oof. Short, I don't think. Okay. Um, and the third film was uh, the, uh, the film version of I Spy. Starring Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson, I believe. Okay, that's a. Well, that'll uh, be fun. Wow. Then, okay, uh, I, you would think we'll find out. <laughs> really, really, <laughs> my money's on Punch Drunk Love in terms of finding joy in uh, in my movie watching next week. But we'll see. We shall um, see. Uh, until then, Dan, what do you have for us to uh, oh, say goodbye well, to the Halloween season? It, listen, I have to channel a little bit of. Uh, is it Don Dawkins? Is that his first name? Don, Don Dawkins. That's right. And do a little dream. Warrior. How's it go? We're the dream, the dream warriors. warriors. Right. Ain't gonna dream, dream no, no more. Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what comes out. Okay. <laughs> that was not too bad. <laughs> that was, that was, that was good. very good. I loved it. But this is the one I've been working on all week, gentlemen. Oh my god. Okay. Get ready. Just imagine Haddonfield, Illinois, <laughs> Halloween night, and that little boy putting on the clown mask, going upstairs to his sister, who's just had sex.
it's slightly repetitive. <gasps> it just goes on and on. The key changes are magnificent. Am I right? Am that I right? It may have been your finest hour. Oh, Thank my God. God. In, the, this, in the simplicity of it, you, we almost, you forget the genius of it. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. But it really, wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. All tr- all, all treats, no tricks from Dan <laughs> Matisse this week, friends. You got that right. Oh, my God. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Thanks for joining Halloween. us on opening weekend. Uh, please go to iTunes. Uh, give us some stars if you feel like it. Write a review. Um, and uh, Tell your friends. Yeah, tell all your friends to uh, to listen to the show. Uh, we have uh, a lot more fun coming up in uh in the coming weeks and, and uh, tell us your favorite Halloween yes. movies at, uh, you can write to us at info at opening Yes. Yes. Please do. And, uh, everybody stay safe out there. Happy Halloween. See you next week. The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Did I mess up the name? No, no, I yeah, thought it was no, I was com- and you said Edna. But, no, but I was complimenting you. No, no, no. No, it was I'm great. Com- it was great. No, in the Fred, moment when great. you Fred, when you said it, I thought No, no, no. I thought <laughs> I was like so I stupid. what I was commenting on was, was not great. critiquing you. It was literally saying how stupid I Jason was because <laughs> They are named Gladys. Oh no, no, now I'm no, wrong. Because, because I was because setting up the fact that they were Gladys. <laughs> I said as if they, as if they're real names. No. I put Gladys and Myrna, and then you went and put another name on. But I forgot that they're men. I forgot that they're men. I know. I, I, I set the whole thing up that there were men on the lamb yeah, dressing as lunchroom, and, and then I forgot the name. But I also, but then I thought, you said it, I was like, at first I was thinking, oh, Fred, your name's Gladys. And then I was like, no, it's a disguise, Jason. Yeah, he's You're like, so oh, much Fred's smarter genius. than you. And, and my, I have Nicholson saying Myrna P. Myrna. No, when it comes to improv, never say he's so much smarter than you. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, my God, that's great. Both choices were were brilliant. Oh, oh really brilliant. God. That's great. Keep that all in. That's all good stuff. Yeah, that's that all, all good. Leaves, all gets <laughs> left oh, boy. In.